0: Welcome to Steam-Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Today's episode, Bayou Fashion Primer. Welcome back to a special episode of Steam-Powered Scoundrels. I'm your host, as always, Doug. And with me today is Nate. It's Nate. It's Nate. Hey, Nate. Hi, Doug. Today, we'll be covering a very special, definitely use the air quotes on that word, special, faction of Malifaux, known as uh, known as the Bayou. And Nate here plays a lot of Bayou, don't you, Nate? I do play a lot of Bayou. Do you, do you play Bayou exclusively, or do you, you know, get around to other factions? Ironically, as
1: of this recording, I have just stepped into Outcast for a minute. So, uh,
0: might be a little rusty, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you should be fine. Yeah, it is, it is truly my main faction, though. I'm assuming that was Zip's fault that got you in Outcast.
1: Eh, actually, I had Outcast before 3 E, but oh. Zip, Zip didn't help me want to stay in Outcast. Wait, want to stay in Outcast? It, they're playing Outcast, you know. Okay, I gotcha.
0: Okay, so as the last time, we're going to go ahead and go over the fluff of the faction, then go through each keyword, hitting on every model in the keyword. Um, we will go considerably less into tactics than we did last time, because uh, that takes a long time. And if you're listening to this, more than likely you're relatively new to the game, or you just like listening to my voice, which is a little weird, to be it's honest. It's <laughs> voice. <laughs> Thank you. Anyways, so we're just going to generalize the models and kind of give people that are new a feel for what each master and keyword does, and give them as much of an idea on what they'd like to play as possible, from a generalist point of view. Got it. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's just talk about the general fluff of the Bayou. Um, yeah, this is this is my shtick, so I'm gonna take over here real quick. Bayou is the seventh, seventh faction, seventh and eighth, sixth, sixth. I always get it confused between.
1: Yeah, no, Bayou. Ex- bayou ex- is technically the seventh.
0: I was yeah, I get it mixed up all the time with the Thunders, which came yeah, first. Yeah, because
1: Thunders, Thunders were out one point five. Bayou, Bayou was not true, or Gremlins were not a true faction, until Second Ed. Some say they still aren't. I mean, it depends on who you listen to.
0: Those are really mean people. I know, Even though I'm I'm pretty sure I've said that once or twice as a joke.
1: I've said it too, and I'm in the faction.
0: Yeah! Well, that gives you an idea. Uh, Faction uh, is kind of the uh, one that takes itself the least serious in the game. Everyone needs a good orc faction right?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I came from 40k on orcs, so if that tells you anything, that's how we're here today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's usually the best uh, comparison we can make, but uh, they aren't completely as comical, I would say, as orcs are. I mean, admittedly, orcs are technically supposed to be dangerous, but the only thing people really care about is their comical side. Yeah. With, I with, think. I think. <laughs> yeah, in general, as far as the the Warhammer crowd's concerned. It's it's a big joke, but it's written to be all you know, big and scary. Well, the bayou of course, hail from the bayou portion of Malifaux. If you ever look at a map of the charted parts of Malifaux, it is in the, uh, the southeast portion of the map, butting up against the ocean, of all things. Up until my research for this podcast, I thought the ocean was to the west, but in Did fact... It? what do they have the ocean on the map um more recent maps i believe like the into the bayou book has the ocean on there
1: i never noticed that yeah cool
0: so you gotta go through the bayou to get to the ocean which is not a good thing for most people yeah um as the name holds true it is basically one giant swamp and uh well just sort of every kind of swamp you can think of you've got you got your good old fashioned completely flooded. You got your just kind of slightly boggy marshes. You've got fens. I think a fen is a is a is a, is a kind of swap. I'm gonna look that up now. That sounds right. Low and marshy or frequently flooded area of land. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like the bayou. Yeah. So everything, every sort of mixture of water and dirt and yeah, just those two things really.
1: Yeah. Is there water on land? Sounds like the bayou.
0: (laughs) But the the, the topographical nature of the bayou isn't like its most significant feature. I think its denizens are the thing that set it apart more than anything else. The denizens are the gremlins. Uh, That was the name of the faction back in Tui, but now it's been expanded to just be bayou. Gremlins are kind of like people. They're humanoid, but they're short. We use sizes and height 3E and 2E and, e, and they're marked as, as height 1 and size 1, which we'll put them around roughly 3 feet tall. So considerably smaller than a person. They are bright green, greenish yellow. Depending on if you're painting them, they could be like dark green if you're doing it wrong. What?
1: <laughs> no, it's just... seen. I've seen every range of color on, on Bayou Gremlins. So. I've, seen,
0: I've seen blue Gremlins. That was, Blue's pretty common. Yeah. That was great. I blue.
1: More common than you'd think.
0: If you couldn't tell, I really like the color blue, because I'm easily, what? easily abused by colors. Yeah. <laughs> Not like I picked the blue faction or anything. Yeah, Mr. Anyways. Secret
1: Arcanist guy.
0: Yep. So the reputation that gremlins have is that they're dumb, they're dangerous, they like booze, and they love, like, bacon.
1: Everything good in a faction.
0: Yeah. So, you know, good party people to be around, or observe at a distance. So the lore behind the Gremlins is that they've been around for since the first opening of the breach. If you don't know the lore or don't remember the lore, this is the second time this breach has been opened. Portal opens up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. People go through. They find this land of Malifaux and the city of Malifaux. And off to one side is the bayou and these little green weirdos. And back then, obviously, they had no concept of technology whatsoever, but they met humans, and then they started to learn to mimic humans. And that is really one of the big aspects of their sort of look and play style, is they often mimic other masters or other models in the game. And they do it in their own way, so it's not a one-for-one comparison. Usually their stuff is a little bit more crazy and reckless and haphazard cleverly named (laughs) yes yes we'll go call that yes and the names the names are pretty pretty obvious allusions to what they're they're mimicking but anyways they meet humans and they start to mimic them and one of those things that they mimic is agriculture and farming and they also take a liking to clothes they really like clothes because back then they didn't have clothes they had no idea what clothes were so they like clothes they start wearing clothes and they start learning to farm or more specifically, raise livestock. Now, the bayou consists of uh, mostly murderous animals that aren't the best things to eat, but the one thing they do have that's absolutely lovely to chow down on are pigs. Now, bayou pigs are a little bit different than your normal standard uh, earthside fare. These things are considerably larger, considerably more angry, and will. Well, I guess both versions eat just about everything, right? Yeah. So but- they. Attem- Malifaux
1: pigs probably not going to wait till you're dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So they attempt to uh, capture and raise and domesticate these pigs and it kind of works slightly. I mean, they only kill a few gremlins before they're probably harvested, right? Like one or two. Yeah. Yeah. And these things, these things, I don't. They gremlins. Uh, they 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 reproduce pretty quick. I wouldn't be wrong if I used the term rabbits. Yeah, I believe they, uh, they're they born in litters of 10 is the average number. Oh, goodness.
1: Goodness yeah. gracious. And it's like eight males to two females.
0: Yeah, the male to female ratio is severely skewed. I thought it was like one to 20 or something like that.
1: Uh, I think it's more, yeah, like one or two to 10. Anyways. Two out of every 10, but either way,
0: yeah. So in, the, in this case that the uh, culture is sort of skewed around... Spending a lot more time and attention on female gremlins than male gremlins, who get little to no attention from their parents, and so they kind of wander off into their little, you know, village hovel clan and uh, get in trouble. And as long as they don't die, they'll learn from the the clan. So there's a bit big like clan type, an emphasis on family uh a broader sense of family, a clan, Uh, using the word clan is a very good description. So it's, you know, most of the gremlins in a clan are raised by the greater clan and not just their parents, with the exception of maybe the, the girls who, you know, when you have a a litter of a dozen children, there's only one or two you can really put your attention into, right? Parents out there. (laughs) So moving on past, uh, the gender ratios. So, the Back to the history, the breach, the breach closes, and so the gremlins are left to their own devices. They immediately basically steal absolutely everything that the humans left behind, including the stuff that was nailed down, brought it over to the bayou, and then just used it or turned it into housing. And so, a hundred years later, they've sort of figured out this whole agriculture thing, kind of, and then the humans show back up. And so they're absolutely excited because, hey, more clothes... You know, actually, I completely forgot about what them what they were learning. From, what's, from. what's that? Oh, I, I'm sure you can guess. Uh... It's booze. Ah, yes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing that I failed to mention is they learned how to create alcohol from yep. humans, which they, uh, they like a bit. They got their maybe. hands on
1: that stuff and were like, this is the stuff.
0: <laughs> Hell yes. So, Hell to the yes. As mentioned before, pigs, booze. And blowing themselves up is kind of the three, three tenets of gremlin culture, and hoedowns and hoedowns four tenets. And, yeah, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> party, food, alcohol, and guns. Like, yes, that's um, all you need to be a gremlin. So they're not necessarily antagonistic to humans, and like, unlike a lot of the other factions in Malifo, they don't really have any large goals. In mind, they're just kind of surviving and living out their lives. And when we get into each master, each master might have their own like specific ones. But there's nothing really uniting them too terribly much, except that they're the small green things that everything likes to eat or kill.
1: It's probably to the downfall of the humans that they keep picking on them, because that's like the one thing that seems to be uniting them at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm really expecting a lot from them in the story. Uh, this time around. Especially now that they have a (laughs) president.
1: (laughs) Yep. Well, and since everyone's getting their own book, we'll have a good whole
0: book to focus on what the heck they're doing. I am super excited for that. And, you know, we'll we'll get into the keywords real soon. I think we kind of covered up the general uh, idea of the gremlins, more or less. But uh, one other thing that I wanted to point out. So... Some of you listening aren't familiar with uh, the United States as much as uh, Nate and I are. We live here, so we just we we jump to conclusions sometimes. So let's let's like state the obvious here, and that the bayou is themed visually around both Cajun and Appalachian cultures, right? Absolutely. And as as weird as they are and kind of goofy they are, it's probably the most unique faction army in Malifaux on account of like everything else most other games have covered. I don't think I've ever heard of you know, hillbillies or Yeah, the redneck faction. Yeah, no no other game has it. I've seen cowboys, I've seen steampunk, I've seen Asian ninja stuff, I've seen nightmare creatures and mercenaries and plenty of zombies, but no real yeah, no real Cajuns or or hillbillies. It's, It's really terribly unique. And it's so awesome that they managed to do something like that in a game that was kind of built around mashing around a bunch of tropes in the first place. Does that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, good on weird. Bravo. Right. Okay. Now, let's get into the keywords and have ourselves a little fun talking about these little green men. First up is Big Hat. Big Hat is a keyword talking about how gremlins not only love clothes, but they kind of have this whole... The leader, the the guy you follow, the man that inspires you and tells you what to do, is the one with the biggest hat. And, arguably, there is no man with a bigger hat, or no gremlin with a bigger hat than Summer Teeth Jones. Summer Teeth Jones is the leader of the big hat, and Summer Teeth Jones is the leader of the Jones clan. And the one notable thing about the Jones clan, two notable things. One, they are basically the Gremlin stereotypes. They kind of slot into all the ridiculous things Gremlins are known for. And two, they are the biggest clan in the bayou. And so this comes into play in how he works, which uh, Nate will get into. But Summer is definitely a kind of just a big, loud jerk. Uh, yep. you, could, you could argue some of the other... Um, Bayou Masters are good people or are bad people. Uh, Summer is just uh, out for Summer. Yeah. He's, he's just kind of a dick. Uh, he's, he's chaotic neutral. He's chaotic selfish and lazy and just just great, really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's lazy, fat, stupid, and I couldn't love him anymore if I tried.
0: <laughs> well,
1: okay, Nate. why don't you go into how Summer plays? Okay, so S- Somer's going to be our our summoner for the faction because of his his big old family. So he brings he brings a lot to the table. He likes to bring his crew where they're staying in a kind of bubbles near each other because the the keyword has an ability called Bayou Bash where all the models are going to get plus one to their opposed duels during their activations for every big hat model near them to a maximum of two. So they just they're they're basically throwing a big party and. As long as they're all close to each other, they're doing pretty good. Somers, uh, So, Somer summons on extended family. He can summon any of the other big hat minions. The drunken stupid upgrade. <laughs> and he can summon one or two of them a turn and give them these upgrades. And that'll that'll give them a trusty flask to drink out of to heal up. And basically just keep bringing, keep bringing in these expendable troops.
0: We, we got our, our drunken butt. Summer <laughs> summoning in just waves, just gobs of models. The cheapest, cheapest models in the game. Uh, I mean, he has access to them. Is it them yes? And, uh, yeah, buy gremlins and and uh, malifaux rats are same same cost two soul stones So that gives you an idea what your average gremlin is worth. It's the it's worth a, a rat, rat the size of a small dog, which is great. It really is. Arguably,
1: okay. just as smart.
0: Okay. Um, that's a summer place. Um, how does summer? Eh, real quick, how does summer fight? Uh, so summer um, prefers to be using his gun,
1: both of his uh, his melee and his attack attacker. Stat five, but remembering Bayou Bash, they're usually going to be about a stat seven. So he's got a got a respectable hitting ability. His melee attack will let him push people away because he yeah generally does not want to be engaged with anyone. Whereas his his gun, his boomer, is. Huge blunderbuss, and I love the new model because it has it has a drum mag on a blunderbuss. <laughs> don't know how that works, but it's great.
0: It's very um, oh geez, it's very uh, prohibition era mafia. Yeah, it's a mobster. Mobster is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, he's like somewhere between like a mobster and like it's he is a he is a New Orleans homeless mobster. Yeah, basically. There we go. That's good.
1: Yeah so so this gun his boomer puts out a 3 a 2 3 blast 4 double blast damage so he can he can spread the hurt and with his ram trigger he can get positive so he can make sure those those blasts go off or on a crow he can drop some stun on on the target itself and push him away
0: okay so he's mostly getting some summons off pulling out what he needs and then taking some pot shots yeah, and
1: tacked. Also of note is his uh, tactical action, Make Me Proud Boys, um, which he can target a friendly minion um, with no range. Um, so any friendly minion, actually, it doesn't even target, so he can just choose a friendly minion anywhere on the board. Uh. Um, he deals two damage to everything within two inches of it, and then he kills the kills said minion. So he can have his boys go kamikaze.
0: Oh, It's okay, he okay.
1: gets to draw cards.
0: <laughs> yes, he can just make more. Yeah. Infinite gremlins. Always more gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll get to Summer's totems real quick. He brings skeeters. Two of them, skeeters. Skeeter is a. uh, Would you say it's southern or just a folksy expression for mosquitoes?
1: Yeah, I'd say folksy would be probably a proper.
0: He's He's bringing folksy mosquitoes that are the size of a Prius. Yeah. Yeah. That. That, that that seems that seems safe.
1: Very cute.
0: <laughs> so it's it's a good example of like how kind of awful and dangerous the bayou is when the mosquitoes are bigger than you. So skaters are mostly used for harassment. They're flying. They got to move six, so they can go real quick. And they got an ability called hunting partner that basically lets friendly models ignore them for friendly fire, so they can pin something down and then your party, your posse, your group. Your clan just uh, fills them full of holes. And you got two of them. So, hooray. They'll live slightly... Well, no, they won't live slightly longer. Oh, they're minions. He can summon... Can he summon these? He can summon them. Oh, good God. And they're defense six, so
1: they, they <laughs> hold up actually pretty well, <laughs> believe it or not. Like, their job is to just get in and annoy something, Heck. and then when you die, just bring a new one back if you want. Cool. Cool. Alright, uh, next up is El Presidente himself, Lenny Jones. Uh, newly elected Gremlin General. Um, this is our henchman and Somer's favorite son. Uh, he's a big boy. He's a uh, size three, so and he's on a 40 mil base, so he is a large Gremlin. Um, his bodyguard ability is going to give everyone close to him cover, which is going to be good because the crew wants to play close. His Gremlin General ability is going to give other Big hat models, plus one to their duels outside their activation. And whenever he hits half wounds, he's going to get frantic, so he's going to have positives. He's ruthless, ignores terrifying and manipulative. He's all around a solid beater for the crew. Uh, hits hard with his whacking stick, got a long range on that. Uh, Two-inch melee, holds things down. And he can, he can throw gremlins uh, with the toss ability. He can grab a model of a lower size and throw them ten inches. And he's got a fun little tactical action, bonus action, called Random Bout of Brilliance, where you flip a card and something happens. Uh, Could be a very dangerous sneeze to everyone nearby, or he could be drawing a card. You never know.
0: Okay, next up is the Enforcer, Georgie, and Olaf. Georgie and Olaf are the Mad Max reference in this game. I think they're the only Mad Max reference in this game.
1: Uh, As far as I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to be proven wrong on that. But they are also technically a big boy coming in at size three, but that's just because it's a gremlin on top of another gremlin. Uh, it is in fact a, I would say average size gremlin on top of a very large gremlin. And this is your master blaster reference. If anyone has seen Beyond Thunderdome, uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen Beyond Thunderdome, go out and watch Beyond Thunderdome. It is eighties. Anyways, um, these guys are definitely a beater, walking in, waiting in, smacking things around with staggering punches, and they also have a decent shot attack, and the, I guess the real interesting thing about them is that they can use that shot attack even when they're engaged, which kind of lends to the fact that, you know, the, big, the guy on the bottom can be swinging away at things, and the guy on top can just be taking cheap shots without really having to worry about too much. And like a lot of things in this game, once they die, they turn into regular bio Gremlin. Isn't that great?
1: Yeah, little little Georgie falls off. Poor Olaf dies.
0: Oh, yeah. we, we know for a fact Olaf's the bottom, the one on the bottom.
1: Yeah, because he's got, so if you look at the model, he's got uh, brass knuckles that say Olaf in reverse.
0: <laughs> ah, so when he hits someone, it's, it actually reads Olaf. On yep. The, ah, I love that trope. All right, moving on. And
1: I'd say, Well, I'd oh, say okay. one more thing about Georgie and Olaf is the Who Runs Gremlin Town tactical activation. Oh, yes. Uh, our tactical action, which is pretty important. Um, because he can pulse out focus to all friendly minions within three inches. Okay. Now, if uh, if your leader can see him at the time, he'll take two damage, but that's no problem to either hide him or heal him back up afterwards. A
0: little bit harder to hide him because he's size three, but it might also be worth it depending on the number of minions you have sitting around.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it, it can get pretty good just pulsing out that much focus.
0: Ah, so much. I hate free focus. Anyways, my problems aside, what else we got? Uh,
1: next, we've got old Cranky. Just, just an old gremlin yelling at you from the porch. Ah. And that's, that's basically what this model does. Uh, he sh- has shouting orders, big hat. So any big hats within six inches can concentrate as a bonus action. Speaking of free focus, he yeah. gives you positives to initiative flips. And, uh, he has an obey, a stat five obey needs the suit. So he needs the mask. He's got to have a uh, night of masks to get it off. Uh, but yeah, he's just a cheap little, Obey model that can give you positives to initiatives and have everyone concentrate on his bonus. It's nice to have for five stones.
0: All right, good old boys. Hey, these are good old boys. Uh, a good old boy is an expression for... No, 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 okay. Good old boys are the the big beater sort of minions that Summer can hire in. I think they're the most expensive minions he has, right? seven. Yeah, sevens. Okay. So these guys... Um, yeah, they're your hitters. They have an ability where if they get to blow wounds, they add plus flips to their melee attacks, and they get plus flips to damage, I mean defense, if they're uh, engaged with enemy models. So, all you want to get them in there as uh, quick and as fast as you can to just knock around as many things as possible before they eventually die. Got a decent amount of defensive tech, and can have a self heal for a bonus action, because that's what they need healing. Boo. Yay! Uh, they do have a shotgun though, if you really need to use it. But I, I believe Nate would agree that you want them in melee as much as possible.
1: Yeah, the onslaught on the attack is good. It they can they can do a little of both. They're pretty well rounded. Again, stats are just de- on their attacks are deceptively low, just because of Bayou Bash.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah, it, like that would make them a shot seven, wouldn't it? Yep. Huh, not that bad. Of- yeah. So. <laughs> bad shooters. Yeah. So. Never mind.
1: So. Yeah. You let them take a couple wounds, uh, get some shots off, and then once they get to that half health, throw them in with those positives to the melee attack. Uh, next up is a very necessary model of the crew: the Spithog. <laughs> just a gremlin chef riding atop a giant roasting pig that another gremlin is carrying. Uh, reason these models are so important is because the summer crew is. A little fragile, lower on the defense, so you're going to want a healer, and that's what your spit hog is. He's got an ability where uh, friendly models within two inches can bonus action to heal two, three, four, and then the spit hog takes damage because you're taking a bite off the pig. They're big model, 50, 50 million millimeter model, but you can hoist the hog so other friendly models can move through them. And then they've also got um, on their melee attack. If you're attacking a friendly model, they heal that model one, two, three. So double ways to heal. F- Models, friendly models with your Spithog, as well as a lure on there as well to maybe pull someone out of combat or pull an enemy model out of position. But very important to the crew to have that healer in there. Also, you can summon those.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, hey, look, another summonable model, the Gremlin Crier, which is just, I would say, a loud gremlin. Yes?
1: Yeah. More, More loud gremlins.
0: Yay! That's what you need. More loud gremlins. These boys are, well, one of them's, like, ringing a giant bell, and I forget what the other one's doing.
1: Uh, one's riding a pig, and he's got a scroll that he's speaking off of, and then there's another one that's literally just riding on the shoulders of another gremlin. Cool.
0: Well, that explains why, when they die, they turn into another freaking bayou gremlin. Yep. <laughs> there's just no getting rid of these guys. So, the crier is an obeyer, I, I believe, primarily and Obeys in this game are just just really good just really good and of course Bayou bash means that that obey is deceptively powerful great wonderful
1: yeah it's just a just a stat 7 obey on a 6 tollstone minion that you can summon that's that's fair
0: that's- oh oh hey look if uh uh if the model is within 2 inches of him uh if it's an enemy model and he's trying to obey them oh look they're at minus flips to their willpower that's 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 nice
1: yeah, and if that model costs less than six, uh, you get bully, which means you're going to have your built-in mask for the uh, for the duel.
0: Disgusting. Okay, that's 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 the crier. I don't want to get too in depth into models, so I'll leave it at that. One one thing I will note as yeah. well
1: on the crier though with the obey is that if they if they have the mask that they need, they're also going to get the Threatened beatings trigger, which is going to let the model being obeyed ignore the fact that they're engaged if they're engaged and insignificant when resolving their action. So your Bayou Gremlins can take Interacts, ignoring their insignificant or engaged models can drop scheme markers.
0: Or you obey an enemy model to charge another enemy model and they're engaged with you. Suddenly they're not.
1: Yeah. That's cool. What else we got? Next up we got the Banjanista. Uh, they bring they bring the party. They bring the music at least. If it's not clear from the name, they're Gremlins playing banjos. Banjos, banjos, <laughs> banjos, uh, banjos, but they're shaped like the Star of David.
0: Ah, um, I get that. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, so they've got a uh, ability. Their kind of main thing they do is they can um, do foggy. They have an ability called Foggy Bayou Hoedown, which is when they start their activation, uh, all the friendly models then forget to move two inches. So you get a ton of movement out of a pretty cheap model. As well as Hoot Nanny, which is going to be friendly models that start the activation within that same 4-inch area, can discard a card and gain Shielded 2. And that's going to be good for your good old boys and your other combat models. Um, other than that, they've got Rebel Yell, so they can knock uh, conditions off of friendly models or enemy models. Um, as well as the bonus action Pluck the Strings to pulse out a bunch of Distracted, with the fun little mass trigger Dueling Banjos to let another friendly Banjanista in play
0: take the same action. Okay, and we will get into the what do we what do we call these things? Chaff? Yes, chaff. Summers chaff. The friends. The humble Bayou Gremlin. These guys are dirty cheap, but cost two, and you can bring eight of them if you yep. so choose. Oh, they're versatile.
1: They're all, yeah, they're versatile, so anyone can bring just some Bayou Gremlins. <laughs> anyone can
0: bring eight Bayou Gremlins. I honestly
1: always forget that they're versatile. <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone would take them if they they cost anything more than two. Yeah. I got two health for that matter. Yep. So these guys, yes, they're they're your expendable chat, but you know you bring a lot of models that can support them and get them to do pretty inci- exciting things. They will act things with a bench if they really want to, although I think they mostly want to be shooting. If they're not, they don't have any other purpose just because uh, they got a boomstick, one, two, three blast damage, but they have an array of decent triggers. I don't think any of those are completely negative. Uh, maybe screwed the hooch is. Well, that can still be good. I don't, I don't know. They've all got, like, a slight negative edge to them. Yeah. But it's, it's, it can be, you know, good and bad. Is there, are they the only models that sort of retain that you have to declare a trigger and every single trigger is available thing? Uh,
1: yeah, as far as I've seen. Um, I know yeah. there's still models that have to declare triggers, but I don't know if they're... They have all
0: four? Yeah. Okay, well, have fun with your biograms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is the big hat keyword, and that was a lot faster than last time. Hooray! Right. Oh, by the way, this is our second attempt at this because last time we got like two and a half hours in, and we only got through half the faction. <laughs> but we're we're going faster. We're going a lot by you, faster. By you breakdown two electric boogaloo. Uh, yeah, we have a name. Cool. Alright, next up is the Swamp Fiend keyword, and this keyword is primarily the swamp itself as, as a keyword. It's all the, you know, awful, mostly poisonous, dangerous critters of the bayou led by the Swamp Hag herself, Zoraida. Zoraida is your, both your voodoo and your um, Baba Yaga sort of old crone witch type lady. Uh, mix of both of those. And she, of course, uh, has the entire bio at her command. So we're just throwing monstrous, awful creatures at you, and then just one dude who I am pretty certain is from Australia. <laughs> am yeah, I? Am I, right, am I wrong? Yeah, no. He,
1: he's he's right at home because you know everything wants to kill him here too. So why not?
0: <laughs> Honestly, this is vacation for him. Yeah. All right, uh, Nate. Why don't you go into what Zoraida does?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Zoraida's been talked to death. We all know how, how strong she is.
0: Assume the person uh, listening doesn't know for some but, reason.
1: Yeah. We're going to, we're going to assume that you haven't heard of Zoraida. The keyword, you, the Swamp Fiend keyword. Yeah. You'll be hearing about Zoraida a lot. Uh, the Swamp Fiend keyword as a whole, uh, has the penetrating stench ability. So enemy models that start the activation engage with this model have to discard a card against stunned. So uh, icing on the cake. It's nice to have enemies get stunned if they want to stay close to you. Uh, notably with Zoraida, she's she's only defense 5, but she's got a built-in mask for a defense trigger, uh, but she's willpower 8, and that's all the willpower defense she needs <laughs> um, so her defense trigger of regret is after resolving against a close action and if she takes damage, the, the model attacking her just ends her activation they're done, they regret attacking old, old Mama Z she did not um, do nothing wrong, she doesn't deserve that yeah, she's just an old lady uh, she's got a they're your leader only ability of reading the cards. Um, so if she can see an enemy model that cheats fate, uh, she can look at the top card of either their deck or your deck, and then choose to discard that card. Really powerful. Uh, she's got eyes in the night, which lets her draw line of sight, line of sight and range for uh, her non-close actions. So any of her spells from friendly swamp fiends that are within twelve inches, or an enemy model with the voodoo upgrade. And that comes from your voodoo, ball, voodoo doll that you're going to summon with the voodoo effigy a- ability, which is at the start of her activation, she can discard a card to summon a voodoo doll into base contact with herself. And she's got a uh, melee attack of her voodoo pins. Um, it's, it's okay. It's mostly for stabbing the voodoo doll, Stat five, zero inch range, uh, one, three, four, injured one. Her main thing she's going to be doing is going to be her hex, which is going to be a two, three, four damage. This will be a six against willpower at 12 inch range, remembering that you can cast out of your swamp fiend. So, Closer to 24-inch ranges. Um, yeah. Uh, two, three, four, and injured 1 on the target. And if they have the Voodoo upgrade, she can move them 3 inches. Notable triggers on that is going to be your My Loyal Servant or Ram, so she can heal another model within 3 of the target. Or the Coordinated Attack on the Mask, which is going to let a, another friendly model can take a close action targeting that same model. So when you're casting out of, you know, a bad juju or something, and then you hit something with the hex and then bad juju punches and it's it's not nice and then we get to the uh the notorious obey which is gonna let her take an action of another model the target takes a non-bonus action that doesn't attach upgrades or list a model by name chosen and controlled by this model she's going to have it at a cast 7 against with the mask built in against willpower needing a target number of 14 with a mask the most notorious trigger on this is going to be the ensorcel trigger with Two masks required, so she's either going to need the mask in hand or a stone, uh, which lets the target take basically another action, controlled by Zoraida. So two actions for the price of one. She can only do that once per activation, but I think we all agree once is enough. (laughs) Uh, She can also do a burnout on a crow. Target suffers two damage and gains fast. Again, good for bad Juju, who regenerates too. Uh, She's also got a poisoned fate, which is going to be at six inches, six against willpower. Uh, which is gonna do until the end phase after an action resolves in which the target sheet of fate, they suffer two damage. And then interestingly enough, her only tactical action, her bonus action, Threads of Fate, which says both players ditch their control hands and draw six new cards.
0: Yeah, I guess we didn't quite mention that she is very like oriented around the strings of fate. She's gonna be supposedly the one that's trying to pull all the strings and stop the big bad, evil, dark gods from returning, known as the tyrants. Uh, she's not doing the best job of that, I don't think. <laughs> she's trying. She's trying. It's them old bones. She can't keep up with the youngins.
1: Not as fast as she used to be. <sighs>
0: yep. So, Zareta is the primo, big Obey bastard, and the reason everyone's talking about her everywhere is the fact that that extra, that extra action, one, the Obey has the built-in suit, just innately, and two, the ensorcel. Really lets you use your opponent's models to score for your crew, much more so than any other obey in the game.
1: Yeah, and it's it's that on top of the fact that with with a high you know, twelve or thirteen,
0: most models can't stop her. Yeah. Okay, moving on to her totem, the voodoo doll. This little guy is 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 just it's a voodoo doll. He's got a pair of scissors because he's cute. He's um, a cutie. Basically what happens is Zoraida summons him and then he puts an upgrade on a model. And then that model is basically allowed to be screwed with by Zoraida and the voodoo doll and her crew a lot more. It operates like a a voodoo doll does. When it takes damage, the model with the upgrade takes damage. When it takes a condition, the model with the upgrade takes a condition. It's not as bad before because now you're only taking one. Uh, damage and I think, one instance of the condition, right?
1: Yeah, that is correct.
0: But it's it's very flavorful, and it's uh, quite obnoxious for your uh, opponent. And if it dies, then she could just get one for, uh, for a card. So just keep bringing them back. Yep. And the fun thing is, it has a bonus action where you get to draw a card
1: and then kill it. So it can act as a little card cycler. And also, there is the chance that the enemy model with the voodoo upgrade... Can get rid of the upgrade during their activation, but it costs three cards or two (laughs) soulstones. So, like, they have made that cost prohibitive. Very, very prohibitive cost. Next up, we've got uh, our henchman, the Meyer Golem himself, Bad Juju. He's a big swampy monster, just moss and vines and plant all over. Got some skulls and voodoo dolls hanging off of him. And he's he's just going to be your big tanky beater. Uh, Low defense, uh, 3, willpower 7, but he regenerates, he's hard to wound, and he regenerates even more if he's in uh, severe terrain, um, because he's got planted roots, so he can't be moved by enemy models, and he heals an extra one, so he can be regenerating 3, as well as his Demise Eternal, which, if he dies, just discard a card and heal 4. And he just, he hits like a truck, he's got four, five, six damage spread on his 2-inch range melee attack, and he can be deceptively fast, I mean, he's moved 5. Ignores severe terrain, and if he's in concealing terrain, he can do it, or if he just wants to pitch a card, he can do his ambush for a three inch push as a bonus action, and he's very hard to put down.
0: Yep. Pretty difficult. Definitely a good um, murder target for Zoraida to just keep whacking you with its big golemy limbs. Next up is her other henchman, McTavish, the the Australian that uh, I referenced before. I don't have any evidence that he's from Australia, just the fact that he's riding an alligator. Um, I believe it. As all Australians do. Yeah. So McTavish is pretty much the other beater henchman? Yeah, henchman's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I guess the one real big difference between him and Juju is that he actually has a shot, so he doesn't necessarily have to be up in the uh, opponent's business, but if case he really needs to get into the fray, he lets his alligator do the talking for him, and it's, it's really just a different kind of beating. This one allows him to do executes and uh, punctures, which is fun. Gotta love that puncture. Punch, yeah. by the way, is, is positive flips on your damage. For for every, I think, RAM is it is. Last thing, and this is just really fun. I think I think Nay just really likes saying this. Uh his tactical action is Gator Snack. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh the gator eats uh, schemes, scheme scrap or course marker, and you get something fun, uh, depending on uh card flip.
1: Alright. Next up we've got the Spawn Mother. Um uh, this is going to be the Big queen beastie of all of our cilarid gup-type monsters. Big fish monster.
0: We decided that they were a bullfrog-catfish hybrid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, somewhere between a bullfrog and a catfish. Size of person. Oh, well, as a swan mother, huh. bigger than that, even. Yeah, she's she's a big old fish. I mean, she's got stealth, just like the rest of them, so she can't be targeted if you're more than six inches away. Her mother's rage, if an enemy model kills one of your friendly swamp fiends or removes any of her eggs which are going to be destructible markers that she can make, she can charge them because she's all mad that you killed her babies. Uh, when she dies, any eggs that she had laid, you know, hatch into new little gups, or, you know, she can have her friendly models eat the eggs, which is weird that she doesn't get mad about that, but it heals them too. So they must be pretty nutritious. Uh, but yeah, other than that, she's she's got pretty good hit on her, on her melee, uh, but mostly she's going to be laying eggs, which will then be hatching into new little baby gups who can Run schemes for you later in the game.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get into we we'll into the uh, the life cycle of the Sillards when we get to Sillards, I think, because that's a, a fun little factoid. Yeah. But uh, we're also looking at a sort of advanced version of a weaker minion. And next up is the adsy or or ads. I'm not entirely sure what that is. I never took the time to look up where this name came from, which is weird for me because I usually like doing that. It's basi- It's it's a big it's a big gross firefly anglerfish thing. I mean, all the will-o'-wisp are big, gross firefly things. Yeah, Um, but
1: he's the biggest and the grossest.
0: Yes. Uh, I love his hair, though. Yeah, he's got like a mane. And I have no idea what he he does. Oh, he's got a lure. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Yeah, he's an advanced. He's the advanced firefly. He's got a lure. I believe the other one, the the will-o'-wisp have lures, too. But I think this guy can take a little bit more of a hit, and I'm pretty sure his lure is more effective as well. So, and like, he's really he's really fast with flight. He's move seven compared to their move five. Oh yeah, move seven, move seven, and forty millimeters. So that's an extra inch and a half too. Yep. Dang. Okay, so this guy just, just rockets across the board, doing your schemes for you. But also, like, if he needs to, he can break up your opponent with lures. And has a decent, like, 2-3-4 damage attack with uh, with poison. So, yeah. A good little guy. Just
1: just Weird weird little burning synergy that he's got going on with himself, where
0: he gets <laughs> positive, against positive burning that he puts out with his Firefly ability. Oh, yeah. Because... We're literally meaning fireflies, and that's actually yeah, burning. Uh, a literal firefly. Cool, cool. That's probably a chemical burn. I would I assume. Had, if I'd benched, I ventured to guess. Anyways, anyways, moving on. What else we got?
1: We've got the, the little adsy, the Will of the Wisp. Pretty similar, minus the, the weird fire interaction. They have flight. They're cheap. They only cost four. They give distracted whenever enemy models are nearby. And they've got lure. That's basically it. Uh, their melee attack actually. One of the main reasons you take Will of the Wisps is it's really good to use them on the voodoo doll, because their close attack does stunned and distracted one. Oh. Plus, on a, on a crow trigger, slow. So you can literally triple condition someone on one attack.
0: That's not fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's really all they do.
0: Okay. Uh, they very simple. Up, next up is the Groot Slang. He's he's a big boy. He's oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, is he big. Uh, think of, like... Um, uh, like a like a Geiger-esque alien, but it's just a giant humanoid salamander as well. And you got and you got the Groot slang. These guys hail from a giant hole out in the middle of the bayou called uh, the Red Cage, or at least what was left of the Red Cage. So they're 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 deep down uh, subterranean dweller dudes that happen to just be really really big. I'm looking for the cart any day now. There he is. Problem is, he's the exact same color as the Will O Wisp. Mm, yeah. So they're a decent attacker, but their biggest thing is that they put out layers, and I think they create them too. Yeah. And layers are just 50mm markers on the board, and if he's engaged with one of the layers, he can just teleport to another layer. So technically it means he's one of the fastest models in the game. So this guy's a pretty good scheme runner and also a good goalie. I like to use the expression goalie for uh, protecting your back lines from enemy schemers, uh, keeping them from getting scores. Other things, go Fashion Penetrating Stench. He can't be distracted because he's technically blind. Now he is blind. He doesn't even have eyes, I don't think. No, nope, yep. no eyes. No eyes. Thank you. Thank you, Geiger. Yeah, that's actually a pretty quick breakdown of, of what he does. Um, anything to add? Yeah, no, basically what you said,
1: like, he's a goalie. He he can cover a lot of the board uh, with those layer markers and just be where he needs to be to stop an enemy model from doing what they want to do. He's he's a great aid stone bringing to the crew just to be like, nah, you don't get to do that. I'm here now. And then next up, we've got Cillarids, the classic Cillarid, smaller than the spawn mother catfish bullfrog monster. Adorable, uh, they're yep. actually kind of cute. And these, yeah, and these are going to be your one of the stronger scheme runners in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've got stealth again, can't be targeted more than six inches away, and butterfly Jumps, So if they did get targeted, they get to push three inches or move three inches. So they're going to be hard to keep down. And they've got they've got a leap that they get off on a three, no suit required, so they can play six, move five, do a scheme. That's that's their main purpose. <laughs> go go go!
0: So the smaller, cheaper version of the Silarid is the GUP, which is just a baby baby Celerid. Similar things, just you know, worse stats because they only cost three. I, I don't see you hiring these guys too much. More uh, bringing them in with Spawn Mother, but I, I could be wrong on that. Size zero, man. I'm never, i am never. That's the second size zero model in this faction. I'm, I just forget that's even a size. That's that's an option. Wait,
1: what was the other one?
0: Uh the Voodoo Doll. Oh yeah, I forgot
1: he's size zero too.
0: Weird. Okay. Weird. With why? Ah. Uh, uh. uh... So yeah, they have a Leap like Silerids, but they don't have the, mad, the mask built in, and they're they're annoying, hey, so they can be distracting to your enemy. But uh, this is more of an opportunity model, I think, with the spawn mother than anything. But uh, you you see yourself hiring these little guys? Uh,
1: if you're tight for stones, I could see bringing one as a scheme runner. Okay. Like bringing a Silerid and a Gup for nine stones as your kind of two primary scheme runners, probably not a terrible plan.
0: No, it's not. Oh, the one thing I wanted to mention is the weird thing about Celerids is that they're all born male. Oh, yeah. And it isn't until they, like, get old and mature that they turn into a female and then basically uh, dictate their own uh, family to, to yeah, do their bidding. So,
1: Like that. the alpha of the family yes. suddenly, suddenly becomes a female and has the babies. It's very Jurassic Park. Life uh, uh, finds, finds a way.
0: Yeah, it's very important you have the "uh" in there. Otherwise, it's not an actual quote.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's integral.
0: The most important part of that quote. Yep. Okay. What
1: else we got? Uh, we got Bayou Gators. Yeah. What's a swamp without gators? Uh. Gators are going to be a good mid mid stone beater model. Uh, they're ruthless, so they ignore your willpower duels, your terrifying and your manipulatives. They've got penetrating stench, like just like everybody else. They're unimpeded, so they move move quickly through severe terrain. They can flurry for extra attacks, and they have stealth, so no targeting them if they're six inches or further away. And the main appeal is their mighty jaws, which have a puncture built in for positives to the damage, or also an execute on the crow. So nice execute trigger on a cheap model.
0: Very cheap execute. It's it's quite scary. These guys. Yeah. And with
1: ambush, they can they can get places
0: pretty quickly. You know what this this uh, this swamp. Themed crew needs. What's that? A living tree. Ah, oh, yeah. Hey, hey look. Hey. Next up is the is the is the um, Sam Raimi says what? What? Sam Raimi says what? <laughs> I I don't actually get that joke. Evil Dead. No, I'll, I'll, yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay, yeah, hey, we get, get that. Valgeists are, are are living trees. They're not like your big tree from your Lord of the Rings. These guys are human size. Yeah, about human size. Yeah. But these are, uh, whereas, like, your gators, your, or your, like, your offensive hitters, these guys are kind of your anchor models. Pretty tough to take down considering their cost. Uh, cost six for armor one, and, uh, what's the other thing? Planet roots. Planet roots. So they're just gonna, they're obnoxious to take down, is their thing. And they like being around, uh, severe terrain, they can create their own terrain, and they can, Attack anything that's also in the terrain, so every once in a while, you'll get a board with a really big piece of severe terrain, and suddenly these things have a reach of, like, six inches, which is ridiculous. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. It's a Waldgeist. Yep. I,
1: I like them because they can do the germinate to make more, more terrain, so if you've got a lot of models with the ambush ability, they're really good to bring bring at least one of. Oh, that's what it's for, the, the ambush. Yeah. And, well, and it just creates more concealing, which is always good. And then next up, we've got the Gotro Bokors, which are going to be our voodoo voodoo gremlins. These are gremlin spirit masters. And what they can do is they've got a couple abilities where if the opponent uses a pass token, you can give a whizbang or swamp fiend because these guys are dual keyword. Give one focused one and they use the glowy tech from the long crew, which we'll get to. For if they take damage from a friendly model, they'll get faster glowy token, and they can use those glowy tokens to add suits to their duels, which is going to be good. Because here's another model with an obey that five <laughs> obey, uh, but that doesn't have the mask. But oh hey, if I've taken damage from a friendly model, I can use that glowy token to add the suit. Um, and they've also got um, they've got healing on them as well. Seven to go off a one two three heal with a couple good triggers for drawing cards or bursting out more healing. And a nice little bonus action to give everybody shielded nearby within three inches. Good little support models
0: that's that is a name <laughs> that's such oh man that is that's so hard to spell if I just if I said gotro Bocor, I, you might be able to get Bocor off the top of your head, but uh yeah. I will warn you Gotro it's definitely French because that's like very French that is th- two short syllables for thirty letters <laughs> more or less. The models are, are gorgeous, though. Oh, my goodness. Yes, they are great. I uh, love these them. These little gremlin dudes in, like, tribal-looking costumes carrying around giant candles and then these lovely little sort of goblin spirit things that are also on the base are probably gremlins. They're probably gremlin spirits. Yep. <laughs> okay. Dead gremlins. Uh, yeah, there's one or two out there. <laughs> They're a hardy race, though, so you won't... I mean, Somer's been blowing them all up, so that's where they come (laughs) from. So you're saying these guys need also a big hat keyword. Yeah. No, Somer does not need more of them.
1: That way Somer could uh, summon them.
0: Uh, Okay. Well, that's all we have for the Swamp Fiend. Let's quickly move on. Next up is the Kin. Uh, or just kin. Sorry, kin is the keyword. Uh, it's it's the, the most family esque family of uh, of the bayou, and this is uh, the Lacroix the LeCroy family. Sorry, uh, all of you arguing out there. I, I think we went over this in the first recording, but it is actually Lacroix because this is a Cajun. Um, yeah, we're not we're not
1: fancy Frenchmen here in the bayou.
0: Yeah, in, in, ca- in Cajun. The language it is pronounced Lacroix, which is where people are getting it from. Also, just so happens to be pronounced the same way as the um, fart water. Yeah, I mean the the flavor, the slightly gently flavored sparkling water. There, that's that's diplomatic. Okay, so Ophelia is, I think, the most obvi- overtly the mimic master more than yeah. any of the other ones. Yeah, this whole crew is just built around gremlin cosplayers. Yes, and uh, they are mimicking the Ortegas, who uh, lives incredibly close to the uh, part of the bayou that the LaCroix are from, and uh, have a bit of a beef with the the Gremlins. They just showed up one time, just started slaughtering most of the, most of the clan. So Ophelia got her and a couple of her, you know, family, and got their you know, crap together and managed to um, fight them off and steal. Perdita's hat, which he still wears. So every uh, every LaCroix in this crew is uh, based off of someone else from the Ortega family, and they are kind of the elitist, I'd say the elitist crew in the in the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're playing a crew mostly consisting of enforcers and henchmen. Uh-huh. You have and literally one non-totem minion to the keyword.
0: And overall, uh, probably the best shooting, like gun-wise shooting. Yeah, in the faction yeah, as well. So, how does Ophelia play?
1: Well, Ophelia, she's all about shooting stuff, and she's also got a little bit of a upgrade mechanic going on. Um, so, she's got she's a gunfighter, so she treats her projectile actions as having a close one inch range as That's well. Um, she's got a defensive trigger on a mask of quick draw, so if she's being targeted by a projectile, she can. Hit them back for a two, four, five with a negative flip. She's got an ability strike team. So when she ends her activation, she can have another friendly kin discard a card to take an action. She's an expert shot, so she ignores friendly fire. And then we've got the two keyword abilities that most of the kin have flinch, which is going to be if they're being the enemy model targeting them has a higher stat than their defensive stat, they get shielded one. And then they also all have the bigger they are, which is going to be they receive plus one to oppose duels. Uh, against enemies with a greater size than them, noting that most of these, actually, I believe all of these models are
0: size one. So
1: most models are going to be bigger.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, up until a few minutes ago, I didn't realize that a model could be smaller than one. But this is true. Yeah, the majority of models in the game are size two.
1: Yeah. Um, so she's got her. She's got her custom. Her custom firearm. It's going to be six against defense. Uh, two, four, five damage. She's got crit strike. More damage is always good. Um, she's also got triggers to draw cards or attach her arsenal upgrades, uh, which we'll cover in a minute. She's got Rebel Yell, so she can knock conditions off friendly models or enemy models. I always forget, that's an attack, so she can do friendly or enemy to get rid of conditions. Opposed nice. condition removal is always good to have. And it's a six with the tone built in, so it only needs a four to go off against willpower. Uh, and she's got a sidearm, so she can bonus action to shoot more at a closer range, six inches. And then she's got her tactical actions with my eyes closed. She just closes her eyes and starts shooting everywhere. Um, and that's going to be models within the range 5. Uh, five Finch Pulse need a 14 will uh, defense duel or take 2 damage. But the friendly kin models, uh, they all know this is coming, so instead of doing the defense duel for damage, they just get shielded 1 because they know to dodge. And then um, she's got another bonus action to attach one of her arsenal upgrades. Uh, and what these do, these give her a Bevy of uh, extra actions she can take. They've also they've all got a couple things where whenever she resolves one of the actions on them, she can discard them to deal extra one extra damage to a model within six inches, and she can also whenever she takes damage, discard these upgrades to reduce the damage by one. And the actions range from a really long range attack, eighteen inches, that drops scrap markers and does a little bit of damage, an Mod- uh, attack that has quadruple blasts on the severe. Huh. Yeah, it does two quadruple blast and injured one because she's just shooting you with broken glass. Ugh. Um, she's got uh, tar bombs, which do a ton of damage if you have burning because you throw tar on something that's burning. It's going to gonna light up. And then she's got a shockwave attack she can do or her hooch igniter, which is how she's going to get burning on people uh, with an eight inch range against move. She fires a firework at you that does two, two blast, three blast, four double blast damage and add burning. And that's Ophelia.
0: Well, like all good clan leaders, Ophelia is interested in the next generation of LaCroix. So the best way to do that is to bring a bunch of children to a gunfight. Her her, her totems, plural, are the young LaCroix, which are just a bunch of chillins running around uh, getting involved in this fight. Good on them for helping out. Uh, These little dudes, uh, I think, have two really most used for one-moving other kin models. On um, a stat 5, uh, a 5, you can push an unengaged friendly model and put them into base contact with you, but they can also attach arsenal upgrades, or attach arsenal upgrades to Ophelia. And that's just, it just goes off. So, one way to just keep rotating in upgrades or uh, make themselves considerably more dangerous, although they will be attacking with those upgrades at a lower stat
1: yeah, they, they, where the upgrades are built to be a ten, uh, stat six, they attack at a stat, f- the upgrade attacks, which is fair. Yeah, it's still quite dangerous, too. Next up, we've got the, uh, the gremlin with no name, except his name is Francois LaCroix. <laughs> and he's our, uh, gunslinger slash, uh, sword duelist.
0: And who is he mimicking?
1: Uh, oh, yeah, he is definitely mimicking the other Frank in the game, um. Francisco Ortega, he's got our hard to kill, so he's going to be hard to put down. Uh he gets positives on his to resist attack actions uh if he's out in the open. So if he's out no cover and can just uh, not have any interrupted sight lines, he's going to be on positives to his defense just backwards for most models. <laughs> Don't want to be just standing out in the open. And he's got flurry, so he's going to be doing more uh more melee attacks. Uh his sword is a uh, 234 with crit strike. When with the bigger they are, he's going to be attacking most things at a stat 7, so that's definitely what he wants to be doing. He can also add uh, Adversary Kin, which is good to have, having all your friendly models on positives. And then he pushes 6 inches, so he'll get to do Adversary Kin, push in, drop a card, do some flurry. Pretty nasty.
0: <laughs> all right, the other henchman in this keyword is Sammy LaCroix. And Sammy, unlike most, except for one of the other LaCroix, is actually mimicking someone that isn't uh, Nor Ortega. In fact, Sammy is mimicking the Swamp Hag herself, Zoraida, but uh, she's got a lot better hat, let's, let's be perfectly honest. Zoraida doesn't even have a hat, what am I saying? I know, right? So, really, Sammy is the far superior Zoraida. Doubling up with Wong as well. Got the Wizbang keyword. Sammy is Sammy is definitely a shenaniganry and support hedgeman, Whereas Francois is doing lots of lots of fun little damage. Allows for quite a bit of card draw. Has that fun glowy mechanic, which we'll get into later. Voodoo pins doesn't do, do a lot of damage. She just, she just doesn't do a lot of damage overall. But she has some really nice triggers and a lot of triggers at that. So she can move enemy models, drop scheme markers next to them. Uh force a discard, push other models, she's got a berry. Lots of lots of different tools, so kind of a kind of a utility generalist, if you will. And last but not least, if she manages to set eyes on an enemy ski marker, she can summon a stuffed piglet or a flying piglet into base contact with it. Thunk. Thunk.
1: And thunk is the sound we have of <laughs> Raphael LaCroix <laughs> coming up. He's gonna be our kind of chunky hitter enforcer. He's and, here to hit hard and hit well.
0: And who is he, uh,
1: who is he impersonating? Oh, he's our uh, Santiago Ortega mimic. Probably probably the least close um, of the mimics. Just kind of the main thing is that he's muscly and strong.
0: And probably very loud. Like, loud yeah. for a gremlin loud.
1: Yeah. So his main thing is he's got grit frantic, so he's going to be on positives if he's at less than half health. And he's going to be either smacking you with the butt of his gun or shooting you with said gun that ignores concealment and has considerably high, uh, moderate, and severe damage. How high um, are we talking? Uh, you know, it's a 2-4-5 damage spread with crit strike. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, ignoring well. concealment. He can shrug off conditions by discarding a card, and he can terrorize so he can push enemy models away. Big, scary gremlin.
0: Yeah, almost like a, like a summer light. <laughs> Like a, he's a mix of Santiago and Summer, almost. Yeah. Just a bit. He's
1: got big Summer energy.
0: <laughs> okay. Alright, so, uh, next up as you know I'm gonna just ask you to pronounce this, because I can't. Uh, Paravash? Paravash! Uh, which is Danger Daddy? Yeah, Daddy Damage. Daddy Damage, sorry. The, daddy the, Damage. Um, the translation we've come into so daddy uh, loose, here, loose <laughs> translation daddy uh, is is uh, if you couldn't tell is uh, the analog to Papa loco but he's not in a straitjacket, so he has f- fully functioning uses of his both of his arms which really makes him better let's be honest his thing is is you know, Blowing, blowing stuff up. He like he, he likes the boom. So uh, you don't really want to get him into melee because he doesn't. You know he can't blow stuff up if it's right next to him. It's it's just not safe. And gremlins are all about safety. Yeah. So he's got you know, Gr-
1: gremlin OSHA <laughs>
0: throwing out throwing out flaming bottles um, and got a nice breath of fire attack. I really like the breath of fire attack. Is that, is actually probably what you want to be using in melee?
1: It's real spicy.
0: Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot better than his burn stick. Yeah. But you, and,
1: I mean, the crow trigger where he kills himself, uh, but deals plus three damage.
0: Yeah,
1: And then he explodes when he dies, so.
0: It's double explosion. Oh, Lord. Yeah, he can,
1: oh. if, if, if he wants to suicide bomb, he can do it.
0: That is, that is, that is insane. That's what uh, if he gets severe off ten damage and burning one. Yeah, damn. Okay, and then he also has blow it to hell. So some good utility there.
1: Yeah, I've I've taken him outside of keyword many times just for the blow it to hell. It's really useful just to make Raspy sad. What else we got? Uh, next up, we've got our Nino proxy, uh, Rami Lacroix. He's our sniper. got a big gun with a little piglet counterweight because the thing's so dang heavy. So he's got your basic sniper kit. He ignores concealment, friendly fire. The gun itself ignores cover. And he's got the actual sniper ability, so he can lower his focus whenever he takes a projectile action to add plus 10 to his range. And we've got a respectable sniper rifle attack. Again, with the bigger they are against most targets, he's going to be shot 6 He's got crit strike, armor piercing, swift action to take the action again, and the no witnesses trigger. So if there's no enemy models within 12 inches in line of sight of him, he does plus one damage and ignores armor. So best of two triggers all in one.
0: Uh, and as a cyber, that's that's quite often happening.
1: Yeah, you know, when you're shooting stuff from 24 inches away, there's probably no one within 12 of you.
0: Boo. No, that, that is, is really good. The thing, the one thing I don't like about him, as this carries over to Nino, is what is that gun? It
1: is a Gatling sniper gun. I mean... Uh, I mean, s- I think it makes more sense in Bayou. Yeah, it does. All I right. don't know why Nino has a Gatling gun.
0: There's there's some, like, an old-timey naval gun that looks exactly like what Nino and... Remy are, are holding, and I, I can't for the life of me remember what it's called. I know it's in Through the Breach. Hmm. Uh, naval Gatling Gun. Oh, it's a volley gun. It's a volley gun. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but those. Close enough to. It. I, but I think those are fixed barrels, which this one actually kind of looks like a Gatling, which I just don't understand the mechanics of it. It hurts my brain. So, <laughs> you know what? For once, I have a headcanon now. Great. Good. Perfect. Oh, no. Nino is the one mimicking Remy. See, all of the all of the Ortegas like had their own identity and the uh, LaCroix uh copied them, but there's this one LaCroix, like, you know what, I'm just gonna do my was... own thing. I got this crazy multi bear gatling sniper gun thing. And then Nino's like, Man, I wish I had some sort of craziness that everyone would know me by and then he sees this gremlin walking around. He's like, Oh, I can do that.
1: It's as much as i as much as I'd like that to be true, I'm pretty sure it's been addressed that, that Rammy copied. Nino.
0: Well, no, they're just lying.
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fake news.
0: <laughs> okay. Anything, you anything else you want to cover on Remy before move moves? Uh,
1: no, that's that's about it. He can he can uh, bonus action out of combat so he can shoot, because he doesn't have a close action, so he can just bonus action away. Okay, just like, like shoot.
0: Whip, whip you with that piglet? Basically. That'd be great. That'd be a great melee attack. Okay. So, moving on to the last... Enforcer. Ah, oh, that's a lot of that's a lot of enforcers. It's all enforcers, baby. And this is one other one that's not focused on the Artega's because you need you need a little variety. And this is Maris Lacroix. Maris has a as it's she's got a rocket strap to her back and some mechanical wings that I'm pretty certain do absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, they're she, they're just there for
0: the effect. She is mimicking Karis uh, from the Arcanists. And she's the uh fly around and burn things model, as opposed to a Pear who's uh walk and burn things. It's got kind of a good old fashioned Up We Go, which is just great for flyers. Uh throwing out ber- flaming bottles just like Pe Ravage does, but also her lovely, lovely bonus action that I've learned to hate very quickly. Uh which is called Bombs Away, which lets her fart out at an obnoxious number of shockwaves.
1: Yep. Also, it's good for scheme running because the tome trigger lets one of those uh, shockwaves that she drops be a scheme marker instead.
0: Five inches away,
1: and that's yep. That's at a five-inch range. So, ugh, she's got a six-inch move with a potential five-inch scheme marker drop on a bonus
0: action. Oh, and yeah, she just she pumps out concealment. Oh, she's a great model.
1: Yeah, yeah, Maris is Maris does a lot for six stones. Okay, then, Nate. Yeah,
0: oh, next, did you, did you have anything in? Want to oh say? no! I
1: was I was moving on to yeah, uh, the one minion, <laughs> the, the one minion that doesn't technically exist yet uh, for the Lacroix crew, yep. and that's the Lacroix Raider. Um, they're also gunfighters, much like Ophelia, so they just use their gun in close combat. They prefer to go after easy targets, uh, so they get positives mm-hmm. if the target doesn't have cover concealment, and they they've got the loot and supplies ability, so they can draw cards if they're near corpse scrap markers. Besides that, they've got their Refurbished Shotgun, which is at a pretty mediocre stat. But again, most things are going to get that plus one for being bigger than them. So stat five for eight inch range. Does what you'd expect a shotgun to do. Blast damage, pushing stuff, a little extra damage on a wild shot, which will damage your friendly model as well. They've also got a couple bonus action, bonus tactical actions. One being an ability that is famous for being on the scales of justice, (laughs) the quality of fate. So if the opponent has more cards in their hand, you get to draw a card, and then they also have risky maneuver, which is they suffer one damage, uh, gain focus one, and push three inches. So for the cost of a cost of a wound, you get a good bit of a uh, movement and focus efficiency going.
0: Okay, that's enough for the uh, the kin keyword. Moving on to the Trixie keyword, and Trixie is probably a good uh, way to describe this crew. Both Trixie and they're in a their ability to uh, lay down traps and be sneaky snakes, and also in their ability to not get arrested for tax evasion. <laughs> We're talking about My Tucket. Yeah. Who is the leader of the Tucket clan, and they are positioned in the northern parts of the bayou. Surprisingly enough, across the river from Arcanist territory, which has a bit of a explanation as to some of the models they have in their keyword, but we'll. Um, We'll get into that as we hit up each one of them. Why don't you tell us about how Ma plays?
1: Yeah, so Ma Ma's got um, she has quite the range of abilities. So she's in some ways a beater, but also quite a bit of a support master as well. Um, so she has careful planning, which is a nice little ability where depending on the suit of your initiative flip. Uh, she's gonna get some kind of benefit. Uh, she can get pass tokens, draw cards, move friendly models, or give some friendly models shielded. Keyword ability is gonna be scamper, which is gonna be if an enemy model within six cheats fate, uh, the model gets to, model with the scamper ability gets to push two inches after resolving the action or ability. She's got ill omens, so she's gonna give plus one to her initiative flips. She's got diving charge, so she can declare charge actions while engaged, and when she's charging, she ignores models and terrain. And she's got pit traps, uh, which are going to be 50 millimeter destructible, severe hazardous markers, uh, hazardous damage one and injured one that she can place anywhere not within three inches of the opposing player's deployment zone. And she is immune to the pit trap markers themselves. Her main attack is going to be her giant wooden spoon that she's (laughs) which hits at a whopping three, four, five damage with a crit strike that she can put in or knock aside to push enemies around or Severe injury to make the next hit even easier. Um, she's also got a fun new ability called Handful of Snakes, which is an eight inch range projectile uh, where she literally throws a handful of snakes at you for a two blast, three blast, three double blast damage spread that gives you poison one um, with triggers to drop scrap markers uh, if they're trash vipers, apparently, or, or draw cards, draw two cards, discard a card. Or just push everything damaged by the attack three inches. She's also got Horrible Holleran as a as an attack. Although this will be an attack you'll probably be using mostly on your crew because it lets you push the target up to five inches in any direction. It's a six against willpower. The Ram Trigger being Creative Cussin, which is going to be putting uh, friendly models within a three-inch pulse of Ma get focused one. So again, pulsing out a ton of focused. Everybody loves that. Or on the tone Trigger, she can end conditions on the target. And then her only bonus action is to create another pit trap, which is the damage one injured one 50 millimeter marker.
0: Nice. Okay. Uh, just in theme with bringing children to a murderous brawl, um, Little Lass is Ma Tugget's, I would assume, daughter.
1: Yes, I believe I believe it has been stated that, yeah, Little Lass is Ma's daughter.
0: Well, she's, uh, she's mimicking her mom. Uh, quite a bit. She's bringing a slightly smaller spoon. It's it's medium sized is what I would use to describe that spoon. Yeah, um, that'd be
1: a good descriptor.
0: Just uh, just giving people wax with that, just like, just like Ma moving them around. Moving herself or moving them around. And then an additional horrible hollering, which uh, slightly lower stat, but um, still pushing models up to 5 inches in any direction. And if you manage to get it off on an enemy model with a crow, you can deal 3 damage to them, which is not nothing.
1: It's pretty good for a for a small child.
0: For a small child. And she can remove enemy scrap markers for uh to, to take a card off the top of her drop uh discard pile. Nothing too terribly complicated there, but uh it's a great it's a great model and pairs so well with, with Ma Tucket.
1: Yeah, she's adorable. Next up we have the notorious uh Big Brain Burin. He is our He's our first henchman.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, just the name. I just I still love it's, still
1: love the name. It's, he's he's great. Um so he's got he's got some good defense going on with his serene countenance, so attack actions coming in are gonna be at negatives, and protected bayou, so any other bayou model he can ditch a card and have them take it instead. He's also bringing Arcane Reservoir to the crew. Everyone loves that, plus one to your hand size. Um as well as he can shut off enemy triggers within six inches. Uh, by discarding a card. And he's got the intuition ability. So when he activates, he gets to look at the top three cards of his fate deck. Um, he's got a sharp wit attack, uh, so he can slow enemy models and draw cards or on a crow trigger, he can have them take an action controlled by him. He's got the sober up action so he can end conditions on, in one condition on the target. And if it's friendly, they get focused one uh, with ram trigger my little servant to heal uh, another model or he can push your friendly minion towards the target or throw some stunned out. But the thing he's probably best known for is his tactical action, Calculate the Possibilities. Uh, this is going to be a stat 7, target number 14. He discards the top 10 cards of his fate deck, chooses three of those, uh, three cards from his discard pile, uh, so not just the ones he discarded, uh, his whole discard pile, and shuffles them back into the fate deck, and then he gets to draw a card. He's also got a bonus action of pulling the strings, um, where he can have a friendly minion uh, take an action, and they either die at the end phase, unless they discarded a Ski Marker when he took this action. Nice thing is it's not just a friendly Ski Marker, so if you've got a minion near an enemy Ski Marker, you can remove that and have action. So Bryn's just going to be this strong, really annoying, really powerful Support piece that's going to stay in your backline and make your deck run like fire.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Another like really weird looking model. We should probably talk a little bit more about how these things look. Big Brand Brand looks like a Bond villain with a big old engorged Mojo Jojo brain, and he's yeah. petting a naked mole rat.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a a Pinky in the Brain yes. reference. Yeah, like if that wasn't clear from the name, he is brain and he has a little naked pink naked mole
0: rat. Um, I'll be more. Next up is Trixie Bell, and oh god, I'm staring at this (laughs) artwork. Trixie Bell is kind of a notorious model because she is the the Daisy Duke of the Malivo universe, complete with short shorts and uh, a top that's not really doing a very good job being a top. And uh, yeah, her whole card is kind of based around that whole concept. <clears throat> uh she also comes with ill omens somehow which increases the the initiative flip of your crew uh manipulative keeps her safe, but uh, her attack actions are entirely non aggressive they they don't do damage she's uh at range she's got a lure, so models will move towards her plus some like really nice triggers can take soul stones from your enemy um I guess there is the mental trauma that she can give out uh, just just a great just a great trigger name. And then she can push enemies away instead of lure them towards her. Uh, which is a callback to the way she worked in 2nd edition. Um, and if they're right up against her, she has her sharp wit, which I 1000% believe is not actually intellect-based. I'm relatively certain this should just be in quotes. The attack action needs to be in, in quotes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, this is Assuming she's doing some kind of shimmy and shake here where she's drawing out secrets from the enemy or uh, moving them with her or uh, getting other people to take a sort of an attack of opportunity, as it would be called. And hey, she can remove scheme markers. So uh, both henchmen from Ma Tug and not really being the aggressive, damaging types unlike the last keyword.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what Ma's for herself.
0: Yeah. So what else is she bringing so I can stop looking at this card?
1: Uh, we've got Sparks LeBlanc, who's our... Um Also dual keyword with the Mayfang foundry crew. Um, So he's kind of bringing, he's bringing robots to the Ma Tucket crew. So he's got a notable ability where enemy models can't target or cannot be targeted by other enemy models. If they're within six inches of him, he creates a hostile work environment. He also has a scrapyard mines. So he treats uh, scrap markers within six to him are basically treated as additional pit traps, the area within a one inch aura of those scrap markers. Um, and he has the Ride the Rails ability, so he can teleport between scrap. He can hit things with his heavy wrench, uh, does decent damage, but also it's good for healing constructs, too, instead of doing damage. He can also pack things with explosives. He comes with a handful of uh, bombs in your belly upgrades, uh, which basically make things explode when they die and add blast to the damage that's dealt to them that the Bayou player gets to control. He has analyzed Weakness, so he can cut off armor and shield it on enemy models, and he can put shielded on models by turning them into robots with his bonus action. So that's how science works.
0: That, that's exactly how science works. A- ask a scientist. Yeah. They'll t- tell you. <clears throat> okay. My target brings a lot of minions, unlike the last keyword. And first is the, the one that goes with her box, the iconic uh, Bayou Bushwhacker, which is uh, that's a sniper of all things. That's primarily what they're doing. They're shooting at fourteen inches away. Um, got stealth to kind of keep them disguised from the shadows. Your t- your typical sort of uh, sniper build. Chris Strike for doing additional damage, and they can create pit traps. So uh, more pit trap synergy. Also, they're all girls.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all ladies, and that's you know that's cool. We like that. Coming with uh, more of Sparks's theme of the Foundry. We're bringing survivors, which are basically gremlin amputees who have been given cool robot arms. Cool. Um, So they've got armor hard to kill and they can also ride the rails like the rest of the Foundry crew so you get some scrap down and you can be teleporting these guys all around. Um, They've got a staggering punch. They can also, their guns or their arms also are guns um, that they can use a trigger to throw at the enemy to deal additional damage and drop more scrap markers. And then they have the magnetism ability that you see a lot on the Arcanist constructs where they can move towards other constructs or scrap markers with the mass trigger of reversed polarity in which they instead pull the target towards them. Uh, it's a joke.
0: <laughs> I get it. No, we good? Yep. Okay. Next up, keeping in theme with the bio of just ridiculously oversized animals, uh, these are giant chickens. They're giant chickens with gremlins on them that were probably having the times of their lives. Uh, these are the rooster riders uh, pretty expensive minions for montucket and these buggers are fast they're move 7 which you rarely see um, they can charge more than once per turn their attacks give them a potential for an additional attack and if not they can also just push models uh, away and then push towards them um, got a decent rifle attack another sniper 14. <laughs> Yeah. Where are these 14 inch shots coming from? Jeez. They've,
1: they've just got really good, horrible bayou guns.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah fair. Um, and. Reckless. It must be that Arcanist tech. Yeah, tw- somehow. The, the, the famous Arcanist chicken. Yep. What have we done? Um, oh, it's the chicken that gives you 14 inches of range. I yes, get it. Obviously. they're Yeah, they're shooting the chicken. It's a chicken.
1: Gun. Oh, I get it now. This is this is like an Animaniacs crew because we've got Pinky in the Brain and we've got um, Chicken Boo.
0: <laughs> okay, as I keep trying to say, reckless uh, gives them fast, so they can sprint twenty-one inches up the board really fast. Quick hitters uh, that probably die also very very quickly. But that's what you're using them for is cruise missiles. Or you now they're, they're they're just great scheme mark scheme runners just because of that speed. Yep. I, d- I yep, can't they can, discount They that. can do both.
1: Yeah, just really whatever you need them for.
0: Rooster Riders! What else we got?
1: Next up, we've got uh, another unreleased model, as of yet, is the Test Subject. Um, these are going to be cheaper little minions. For the art we've seen, they're like cyborg animals, like the one we've seen is the like a cyborg orangutan. So they're going to be cheap little Armor 1 minions. And their kind of shtick is that uh, if they've got injured, they don't, they, instead of reducing uh their defensive willpower. They increase it by the amount of injured they
0: have. Huh. Oh, yeah. So and you just run them through a pit trap. Yep.
1: Yep. And that uh, goes with the fact that they reduce uh, the damage from hazardous, any damage from hazardous terrain to zero on their happy accident ability. As well as they've got a neat little ability called shock therapy, which is whenever they would be pushed, they can instead take a charge action after resolving the current action. Besides that, their attacks are okay for a four stone model, um, they can put slow on an enemy, or they can fire out an electrical shock that ignores armor and can arc to other targets. Um, and they can remove enemy ski markers and forage out the top card of their discard pile. I'm definitely excited to see those models when they actually come out. <laughs> yeah. Also, if the, if the beta card holds true, they've got six health for a four stone model with armor one. Damn. So if they can get enough injured on them, they're actually going to be survivable.
0: Okay, last up, uh, Ma Tuckett is a dirty, dirty thief. <laughs> and I think the last bit of fluff we heard about her is that she had, uh, had made her presence known inside the Hollow Point pumping station, which is kind of like uh, Arcanist's headquarters. And it seems that they, that shenaniganry has come to fruition, and she can now take Soulstone Miners. And Soulstone Miners are just just really good just really good. They're uh, probably the most often taken model in Arcanist at this point, because they can just bury and then show up anywhere on the board that's not within six inches of your opponent's deployment zone. So they could go anywhere. Armor 2 keeps them alive uh, a lot longer than they probably should be, and they're also pretty good at uh, destroying terrain if you need them to.
1: And that's why we gave them to one of the dirtiest keywords in the game.
0: Yeah. Or in the Bayou faction at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go with game. Why not? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've been referring to it as the cheese snake.
1: The cheese snake. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fair.
0: Okay, that's all we have for Trixie. Um, and so while they're they're kind of like the tech, uh, slightly technologically themed gremlins, or at least what gremlins consider technology, which is mostly abominations. Gremlins also have a weird relationship with magic, and so we're getting into the magic keyword called Whizbang. Yay! And the master for Whizbang is a little gremlin named Wong, and Wong uh, just sort of picked up a magic bag one day because it started talking to him and told him to do things, and now he's kind of a, a weird, a very weird wizard amongst the gremlins. Um, you know, why don't you go to and see, tell us how he plays.
1: Alright, so what Wong is doing, uh, Wong's gonna be, he's he the master of the new shockwave mechanic. It's it's his whole whole goal in life to throw these shockwaves on his enemies, his friends, anyone who needs a shockwave is getting a shock. Anyone um, who doesn't so,
0: need a shockwave is getting a shockwave too. Yeah,
1: like do you exist? You're getting a shockwave. Um, so he's got counterspell. So enemy models uh, have to d- pitch a card to declare triggers against him. If a model succeeds in a simple duel generated by one of his actions, they get a glowy token from his crackling energy ability. Um, he's evasive, so he doesn't take any damage from shockwaves bla- and blasts. Um, he's got a mass trigger for quick getaway, so, um, after resolving an attack, if he gets a mask, he gets to push five inches away. And he's got uncontrollable magic, which lets him, instead of dropping a shockwave marker, he can instead, um, use his friendly Whizbang models as the marker itself, um, dealing one damage to that model in the process and it increases the target number of the shockwaves resist duel by two. Um, So he's got a melee attack. The main goal of his melee attack is to get the mass trigger to get him back out of combat if he's locked in, Um, because mostly he wants to be doing his fazap attack, which is a 10-inch range. Uh, He needs a six to make it go off, and it drops two shockwave wave markers instead of one, or uses one or two of your friendly whizbang models. It's a uh, two-inch pulse uh, shockwave, With a movement duel of 13, which would be a 15 if you're using one of your friendly models. And it does two damage. Um, And if he's using a friendly model, or if a friendly model is taking this attack or being hit by this attack, they can choose to fail the duel without flipping. And any enemy models that are damaged by it discard their glowy tokens that they've probably gained in the course of passing the duels. And once they've finally failed one, they discard all those glowy tokens and take plus one damage per glowy token discarded. So it kind of ends up being the situation where they have a bunch of these tokens and it's just this growing bomb that's eventually going to go. Up. Um, he's got triggers to draw a card uh, or he can add injured to the model's damage by the action. Um, he's got a bonus action as a tactical called the glow, which is going to be a six inch pulse. He discards uh, any number of glow tokens from models within that range. Um, he draws a card for every two tokens he discarded that way. And then every model within range just gets a new Glowy Token. Yeah. And then his final action uh, is launch into space. Uh, once per turn, he can remove a corpse scrap or scheme marker. Um, that is friendly or enemy scheme marker. Uh, during the next start phase, he drops the removed marker in his line of sight, not touching terrain. And then all models within a three inch pulse of markers dropped by this action must pass a 14 move or suffer one damage. So more kind of pulsy, shock wavy damage. And the Tome Trigger on that lets him drop an additional marker of the same type. Uh, and That's anywhere in his line of sight, so, you know, doing a little uh, breakthrough action. Need to get two scheme markers down in the enemy deployment zone. Up they go, down they come.
0: Okay, so he's... I don't think he quite understands the whole concept of magic, because he's kind of borrowing from a lot of different things. Uh, and I think the best example of that is his head... His, uh, totem, is Olivia Bernard. Her name has changed from the lovely assistant to actually giving her a name. And she is very much a a stage magician's assistant, which is not really a theme you would get from looking at Wong whatsoever. Um, She is definitely an assist model. um, Got an ability to um, end conditions on a model, giving them Glowy Token in return. Or uh, an ability that's really nice called Perfect Timing. And this is without any sort of resistance. And it says, uh, pick a target. Any models within five inches of the target have to tar- pass target number thirteen willpower duel, or be pushed five inches towards that target. So basically, she's setting up for. Um, for shockwaves to affect more models which is incredibly useful um, lastly she can set charges which means um, models that step on scheme or scrap markers within six inches of her uh, will make those markers blow up and take damage which is useful
1: uh, yeah that was the thing you were talking about with Willie yeah hmm, I might have to look into that with Olivia depends on uh, bit-
0: depends on how well you can spam the markers this is useful I mostly.
1: mean Wong can throw to a turn at the top of the turn from his launch into space and he can stack them on top of each other.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and then she has sort of like the auto move ability to get set it off. So it's, it's yep. doable.
1: Yep. Uh, one thing I did want to note, cause I just actually noticed this on the perfect timing ability, which as you said, is unresisted uh, on the tome trigger. You can just give the target distracted one with no resist.
0: Oh, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, good. That's good. Yeah. I, I need to um, stop, stop, like, assuming that this is going to be used against me when we're talking about it.
1: Well, I mean, you're probably never going to play Bayou, so just assume it's going to be used against you at some point.
0: I have Zip, and I have Brewmaster, and I want Ulix. Okay, fair enough. Okay, but we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah, Snapsy. So we're
1: moving on to uh, Wong's unreleased henchman, as of yet, Alphonse LeBlanc. He is a big gremlin um, that can get even bigger uh, with one of his abilities. He's size three. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned yet are the keyword abilities that most people in the crew have um, are Blast Resist 2, so they're going to all reduce the damage from Shockwaves and Blasts by 2, which is going to help their dealing with Wong, putting all these blasts down. And the Hard Knock Life ability, which is uh, if they take damage from a friendly model, they gain Fast and a Glowy token. So they're going to get a little benefit whenever Wong uses them to cause explosions. Also, as one of the beaters in the crew, he's got the Infused Body ability, Discard Glowy tokens to reduce damage. Uh, He's hard to wound. Uh, He's demolitionist. He blows up terrain that he uh, destructible terrain that he starts nearby. And oh, and another ability of the crew in general is magical influence, so they can discard glowy tokens to add suits um, to the duel. He's gonna attack people with his huge fist. He just hits people real hard. Uh, He can also hurl corpses, which will do some damage as he throws a corpse marker at someone, or just generally toss other gremlins of lower size or any other model of lower size. Um, but his tactical action, bonus action of growth spurt, uh, increases his size by one and okay. adds plus one to the range of all his actions and minus one to his defense and friendly models within two gain cover. So he just hulks up and gets even bigger. Um, which is funny because if you give him the, the upgrade, the two gremlins in a ghillie suit, uh, which adds plus one to his size, he can be size five and throw any other model in the game basically with toss.
0: Oh, it's ghillie suit now?
1: Yeah. They, they took away trench coat and made it a ghillie suit. Oh, I don't like it as much name wise, but the interaction still stands where Alphonse suddenly is the biggest model in the game and can throw can throw models like Lord Chompy Bits and and Hungering Darkness and all those all those big, scary monsters.
0: Damn. Yeah, sorry. No, I forgot forgot what it did. All right. Hey, look, we just covered Sammy. Uh, We're back to Sammy. Uh, Sammy is in this crew primarily because Sammy is a magic user, and so Wong likes to bring all the magic users. Um, so go ahead and just re-listen to that part (laughs) I did before so we don't have to cover her again. Anything special of note that works with Sammy in this crew more so than, uh, Ken or vice versa?
1: Uh, she's just gonna get those glowy tokens more often, uh, so she's gonna be getting more suits, uh, built in, um, so she can force those glimpse the void triggers or get the putrefy off to summon uh stuffed piglets or flying piglets off your ski markers. So instead of needing the eight of crows, she just needs an eight plus and she can not have to spend a soul stone. She can just use the glowy token.
0: Oh, is that was enemy ski markers? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. She can't just yeah, you can't just use a drop a ski marker, then make a piglet. You gotta use enemy ski markers. Okay, good. Alright, and then next up is the Pigapult. Uh, which is a versatile model, but it is a giant catapult that lobs pigs. Because that is a sensible weapon of war. Um, so it's armor two. Um, it's ruthless, so it ignores terrifying and manipulative. Um, it comes with a stuffed piglet that it summons after deployment within three inches. And it's insignificant. It can't be scheming, but it's only moved three, so it probably shouldn't be scheming very much anyways. Um, its main attacks are Rox's pigs? Question mark. Uh, which is going to be a twelve-inch range. It ignores line of sight, and uh, you're literally just lobbing a rock at someone for two, three, five damage. Um, which you can get a uh, tome trigger to use a glowy token to, or uh, uh, make it irreducible damage. Or the other attack is uh, full load, uh, which is going to be you use a friendly size one model within two inches, and you place them anywhere within that range eighteen. Um, and it's going to create a shockwave to move 15 dual damage to centered on the model that you've lobbed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's dumb. I,
1: I, I assume it's so high because it's the cost of your throwing a model right into the the maw of the enemy. But yeah,
0: like, you don't, don't want to be
1: doing that anyways. Yeah, you want this to be is,
0: doing it anyways. Uh,
1: and then if you get the, well, if you use the built-in crow trigger, you can have your stuffed piglet you just threw blow up, basically. So you just throw any explosive pigs.
0: Nice. I think the reason it's in Whizbang is because taxidermists are in Whizbang?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it fits the, it, the taxidermists and the stuffed piglets. So it just kinda slots in with them.
0: Well, that's what I mean. It's like taxidermists are in whiz bang, so stuffed piglets are in whiz bang, which means pigapult is in whiz bang.
1: Yeah. And I mean I guess if an enemy gets near it, you can use it to uh be a shockwave marker oh, with long.
0: F- fifteen millimeter. Yep. Uh which
1: actually f- you'll you'll probably be doing just to get those glowy tokens on for the other range of attacks so you can have your irreducible damage.
0: That's 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 really good. Okay. That's Pigapult. It's a catapult. Not a lot to say there, except for fun catapult nonsense. Hey, we forgot to mention that Wong is in fact a, a, a reference to a to a movie that came out a while ago. Um, you might have heard of it. Uh, Big Trouble just a, a couple of years ago. Just one or two. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty recent, really.
0: <laughs> so uh, Wong is a an allusion to Egg Shen from that movie, I believe. That's the yep. character's name. And he brings along a couple other characters from that movie. Uh, first off, is our, our, our protagonist, uh, who is now Bert Jepsen and a gremlin instead of a human being. Um, with a mullet. With With a. Didn't he? Uh, now I'm going to go look up a picture. With a mullet and a, and a really a very massive mouth. Like R- a disturbingly large mouth. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to talk about the gun, but the mouth is also absurd. <laughs>
0: Honestly, the the mouth is the first thing I saw when I look at the picture. That's fair. It's, it yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, Bert Jepsen, um, got a big old Bayou Pepperbox gun, which is like a 30-barrel pistol. It's gonna cause some damage and hopefully hit his target. He's a fun little dude. Can deal damage back to opposing models when they attack him, if he's got a proper suit. All that fun, glowy stuff. Got showboating, which is great. I think is he dual faction. Yeah, he's he's is infamous, infamous okay. for his. Name. Yeah, that, that explains that explains why he's got so many freaking abilities on the front of his card. He's got six. That yeah,
1: guy. he does a lot. <laughs> he
0: does a lot of stuff. Um, back of his card, lucky knife, crit strike, back backwater pepperbox. I don't think he can cheese out the crit strikes like he could in second edition. So shooting might actually be a better option this time around.
1: Remember the glowy tokens, um, so if you've got a high ram, uh, if you're yeah. attacking at a stat 6, you've got a high ram, you can pump out the plus 2 damage yeah, pretty but, easily.
0: But it was like, yeah, you know, I mean, crit Strike, and strike maxes little, out now. Yeah, it does. But anyways, Backwater Pepperbox, shooting that gun, apparently you can shoot that gun more than once, which is surprising that it doesn't explode on him. Uh, 2, 3 blasts, 5 blast damage. You could have a friendly pig, sick them, and he does have a friendly pig. We'll get into that. It comes with another shockwave uh, in the crew on a bonus action, which is a clockwork grenade, so it doesn't hand out glowy. Oh, and, le- and reckless. So, have uh, you played Burt Jefferson once? How does he play?
1: Um. So, what the nice thing with Bert in the long crew is if you get him loaded up with glowy tokens, again, that knife's going to be real good um, with the crit strike. And he's going to have fast, so you're going to be able to use the Clockwork Grenade instead of Reckless, because uh, he's already going to have fast. Um, and the other thing that makes him real nice is, as well as the Agile, where he can walk out of enemy engagement, he's going to have, you can use those Glowy Tokens to build in those Ram Triggers for it's all in the reflexes. So that's an uh, after-resolving yeah. trigger. So every time they attack you, you throw a Glowy Token, and suddenly you're hitting them back. People stop attacking him pretty quickly after
0: I play Ironsides, I should know this.
1: Yep, especially if you do what you do with Ironsides and spend a focus as well. <laughs> and you're able to cheat that damage flip. Oh, you can cheat yours? It does. Yeah, uh, well, if you use focus.
0: Oh! Because you get positive, positive to the damage flip. That's not gremlins! Ah. Does Tony say she specifically can't cheat it? She can't cheat it. But if she gets the positive flip to it, um, it's a positive flip instead of yeah. too straight. Yeah, she maxes out at a five. Yeah, his
1: his just puts him at a negative. So if he spends focus, he can cheat.
0: <laughs> All right, it's real,
1: real, it's real tasty.
0: I mean, he he costs eight, so that's reasonable. Yeah,
1: so, nice? yeah, he's he's just harassing people usually. Anyways, moving on to our friendly neighborhood swankers, which are pig gremlin hybrid abomination, um, created by Wong, um, that are basically kind of mid-range beaters. Uh, they've got a lot of the same stuff that Alphonse has. They've got the Hard Knock Life infused body, so they can reduce damage by using Glowy Tokens. I'm
0: um, they can. I'm genuinely surprised you didn't call them pigs.
1: Yeah, they're pigs. I mean, that's fair. Um, they've got Frenzied Charge, so they can charge more than once in an activation. Um, and they've got the Demise Unstable Transformation, so when they are killed... They summon either a, either your choice, a Bayou Gremlin or a Piglet into base contact. <laughs> so they just transform back into their, their true self. as. Well. Um, so they're, they've got a, their Tusk attack, which is going to either with all those glowy tokens, you're going to be able to put out onslaught triggers for more attacks or full power is going to give you some nice irreducible damage in the crew uh, or rampages, which lets you push through the model you're attacking and they're going to have to do a target number duel movement duel or suffer more damage. Uh, they've got a heroic intervention so they can jump into uh, combat and push your friendlies away and take a swing. And a bonus action frightening reminder to push your friendly model four inches away. All around pretty good.
0: Okay, next up, uh, we talked about a little bit before, is the taxidermist. Hey, these are, uh, I guess they don't quite understand what taxidermy is actually about, because instead of, like, stuffing dead animals for art, uh, they resurrect them into, uh, Either pigs filled with dynamite or pigs that can fly. Huh.
1: You've got your definition of taxidermy. They've got theirs.
0: Yeah. To be fair. Honestly, theirs is a lot more fun. Right? Yeah. So they come in with a free stuffed piglet. Joyous. Um, they look to be, like, kind of up-close beaters, because what you really want to do is get that creative taxidermy, uh... Trigger off, which says when you kill an enemy living undead or beast model, you can summon a stuffed piglet or flying piglet next to them instead of just dropping a corpse. They do have a a ranged attack, but uh, I think that's mostly used to, like, hopefully get you into close combat with the model because you can place next to them if you hit severe. And then, as a bonus, they can summon stuffed piglets or flying piglets into base contact with course markers. Or they can target a friendly undead model and blow it up push it, and then blow it up. So, um, yeah, these guys are all about them flying and stuffed piglets and, and you know, little mini. I can't say mini, they're, they're cost eight. Uh, they also love explosions. Yeah, Anything blowing else? stuff
1: up. No, that's pretty much it. They can give you some extra models in the crew with uh, taxidermin They you know, good pig against Rezzers, eat their corpse markers, and make your own zombies. Ha ha ha. And one of their summons is the flying piglet. Um, which is going to be a cheap, basically just a cheap ski, ski, runner. It's move five with flight. Um, they're mindless. So the turn they come in, they can't activate if they're summoned. Um, they've got the demise delicious bacon, which you'll find a lot of pig, most pigs have, uh, mm-hmm. where instead of dropping a corpse marker with them when they die, they drop a ski marker. Uh, they've got showboating because they're, uh, dual keyword with the zip keyword, uh, was of uh, infamous. So whenever they cheat, they get to, um, draw a card their activation. Um, their melee attack is not amazing. You're probably not going to be <laughs> using it too much unless you get locked in. Um, but they do have a, a dazzling flourish attack at 6-inch range against willpower that will just give the target slow. Which is nothing to scoff at on a 3-stone flying pig.
0: Now, Next up is Wong's minions. Uh, these are the lightning bugs, and these look like your, your, almost your classical wizard-type people, but uh, they're gremlins. And they're quite possibly killing themselves with their magic in some of this artwork.
1: Uh, yeah. that, that happens.
0: Yeah, she's just about to take a face full of her own uh, elemental blast there. Uh, front of cards, just the normal stuff. Blast resistance, hard knock, hard knock life. They'll blow up when they die, depending on how many glowy tokens they have. They have one attack, and it's at range, so don't get into close combat if you can't help it, uh, that can add a blast or can give you a glowy token or you can discard a glowy token to make damage irreducible on uh, their triggers. Uh, They got a healing at range, which costs an eight, but if you want it to go off, you can make it go off, of course. And uh, a bonus action that says just move a ski marker six inches, which is really good.
1: Yeah, and that's a a ski marker within six inches of you. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And remember, even though it needs a five of tomes, glowy tokens, you're going to make a tome.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's what the lightning bugs do. Pretty simple.
1: And then we're back to our taxidermy. We've got the stuffed piglets. (laughs) Um, These are mindless and insignificant, so they're not going to be running schemes for you, unlike the other piglets. Um, They get the same uh, fast whenever they take damage. They've got hard knock life. Um, they do not have blast resist though. So they will, they've only got two health. So you got to like use Wong's attack to put them on one wound and send them in with fast to blow up themselves. Uh, they've got demise volatile pig. So whenever they are killed by an attack action and in all models within A2H pulse need a target number 11 or suffer two damage and get injured too. Um, and they're hoof hearted, which increases the target number of their simple duels, um, by plus one for every glowy token they have to a maximum of three. So that target number 11 could potentially be a target number 14 if you get enough glowy on them. Um, they've got a melee attack. Again, not much to talk about. Um, but they have a bonus action bacon bomb which is going to be a two inch pulse um, which is basically going to be pretty similar to their demise ability where models within range need a 11 move duel or three damage and get injured and then the piglet is killed. Okay. Does uh, is, yeah. is that, is that everyone? We've also got the, uh, Gautrebacores again.
0: Oh, I completely Same. missed them.
1: Yep. Same as in the swamp and keyword. Um, I'd say the main key is, though, you're going to be getting more life ability, getting fast, um, as well as you're, again, going to get, be getting more of their triggers. Um, their obey is going to be more useful because you're going to have more glowy tokens, as well as you're going to be able to. They're important to this crew just because their heal is uh, easier to get off than the lightning bugs. And, if it isn't clear, your models are going to be taking a lot of damage that you're going to need to clear up. <laughs> so if you can get those tomes to do healing bursts and heal everybody within two inches of your healing energy target one, you're going to want that.
0: Okay. And last thing of note is if you come across Wong's second edition box, he will have a model in there that you, I mean, you can use, but it's no longer a part of his keyword. And that is Roha, the big uh Luchador looking gremlin, Uh, he will is moved on to the infamous keyword, which we'll get to a little bit later. So just keep that in mind if that's the box you get. Anyways, hi, welcome everyone. Uh, this is Doug again. I'm probably just interrupted myself uh, slightly, but we had to end recording of uh, the first portion of this a little early, and then we decided that we would take uh, two months break before we got back to recording again. Definitely had nothing to do with, like, medical emergencies and the fact that I had a child or anything. No, not that. We're just lazy. So, we're gonna go ahead and start back up and finish up with the last three keywords for the Bayou Faction. So, enjoy. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, alcohol, our next keyword is the tri keyword, which... At face value, doesn't really make much sense to uh, to you, but this is the domain of the Brewmaster, who is probably the most um, Ten Thunders-y, Asian-y, themed Bayou Master. Now, he used to be a dual faction for both the Bayou and the Ten Thunders, but then he decided to cut ties with those, those dirty criminals and just go pure Bayou because he loves his people that much. I have just been informed by Roman, who is currently eavesdropping on us, like a little gremlin, that the tri-chi keyword that I said uh, made no sense to me is actually a really clever reference. Uh, so chi is the Greek letter for X, the letter X. So tri-chi would indicate there's three of them. So three Xs, uh, in this case, is a reference to like old-timey alcohol, like you see it, it references to back, way back in the day. Like, you get a clay jug with some sort of mystery liquid in it. if it's got three X's on it, that's kind of indicative of it containing alcohol. So it's a very clever reference that I feel really stupid for never picking up on it until now. Um, Brewmaster is a really fun kind of weird way to play the game. He likes getting people drunk and having a party. That's probably the easiest and simplest way I can put it. Any any fluff you want to go over, Nate, before we get into the meat and potatoes, as it were?
1: Other than the fact that he's just generally regarded as a near religious figure amongst the Bayou,
0: <laughs> Roman would be very remiss if we didn't mention that his favorite expression "Booze Pope."
1: Yes, when um, referring to all, Master, all praise to the Booze Pope.
0: Yes, he is. He's basically probably the president, except for the actual president. In Bayou culture. Everyone loves him because they love booze, and he provides the best booze. In fact, he provides the best booze that the humans can't even, can't even replicate. At least as far as Moonshine goes. I don't know if he's dabbled into uh, other such things, but it looks like he's got a couple new folks f- falling around that are brewing other things besides uh, hard liquor, which we'll get into them later. So, Nate, why don't we talk about uh, the Brewmaster place?
1: Yeah, so the Brewmaster, as was mentioned loves poison as a uh, proxy for alcohol in the game, you'll find that if looking at the front of his card, he has five abilities, and they all mention the word poison. So (laughs) that should give you some idea. So he'll be increasing damage to enemy models with poison within eight inches of him with his alcohol poisoning ability, which is an ability you'll see on a couple other models in his crew. Um, He's got the closing time ability. So he adds to his opposed duels with enemy models based on their their poison condition up to a t- plus two, so he has the intoxication ability, which puts enemy models with three or more poison that start their activation within eight inches of him uh, slow. He's got a defensive trigger, which pushes the attacking model X inches away from him, where X inches X is equal to three plus the value of their poison condition. Oh lord, and and he's got the high tolerance condition which you'll see on most of his crew as well, reducing all damage they would suffer from poison to zero. So with that, he's kind of playing a a control style, but he can also do some surprising damage, notably from his liver damage attack, which the target suffers two, three, four damage, and it throws poison two on him. But it also has this drunken strike trigger on a ram, which after resolving, you can do additional damage equal to the value of Brui's poison condition uh, to a maximum of two And then you lower his poison by two, putting the damage to a four, five, six damage track, which is a bit more respectable. And he can throw out a crow trigger as well to um, just give more models within two inches of him poison, just showering everyone in booze. Um, He's also got a lure, 12-inch range, that moves the target it's moved towards him. But on that, he's got a crow trigger that adds poison two to the target and a mass trigger called a small favor which the target has to have Poison 3 or higher, and it has to be a non-master. And it's uh, basically an Obey. The target takes a non-bonus action, controlled by Brewey and does not attach upgrades. Um, he's also got the Riddles in the Dark attack, which uh, gives the target distracted X, where X is the difference in basically each player's hand size to a maximum of 2. And then as a bonus action, he's got Blood Poisoning, uh, which deals damage to the target equal to the value of their Poison condition, Uh, up to five and reduces their poison by five.
0: So what you're saying is that he likes to give out poison and to use it for various shenaniganry.
1: That would seem to be the theme. He's also got a bonus tactical action that also a lot of models in his crew have. uh, The trusty flask, uh, which is just a heal one, two, three, and give yourself poison one. Uh, And his has a shower of booze, trigger on a crow to give everyone else poison near him. Poison everywhere.
0: He's very splashy for a guy that Uh, appreciates the craft of making alcohol.
1: He just wants to get it to as many people as possible.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, Uh, we'll go down the rest of the models in the Tri-Chi keyword. This totem is Apprentice Wesley, and Wesley is kind of a model to stick around in the back. I'm assuming you would keep him around pretty safe. Because if Brewmaster dies, and Brewmaster likes to be in the thick of it, uh, Apprentice Wesley will get a free upgrade that will make him kind of a kind of a mini Brewmaster. Back in 2nd edition, uh, if Brewmaster died and you still had Wesley alive, you could turn Wesley into another brand new Brewmaster. Uh, hence him being the Apprentice. Other than that, he can hand out focus, looks like, and hand out poison as well on a decent melee attack. Anything else you want to point out about the totem?
1: around just as a healer just because he's got that mend trigger on his sober up which ends conditions and gives focus he's a good little support piece
0: yeah oh he also has the aura that tacks on an additional point of damage for poison ah yes nice all right what else we got
1: Uh, brewmaster's got uh two henchmen running around under his name uh one of which is fingers the uh chatty gremlin thief he's going to be quick and he's going to shut down interacts. he's got chatty, and he can slow enemy models and just generally cause people to have a bad time. He can remove your scheme markers and make them his own instead, and of course can hand out some more drinks and tell people what to do with the small favor trigger, much like Brewy has.
0: So uh, majorly a disruption piece.
1: Uh, he's mostly just there to cause problems and uh, make things difficult for the opponent.
0: He reminds me a lot of the little uh, gremlin dudes from Axe that you'd beat up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've had very little alcohol, but it still it seems to be going to my brains. He's, he's got this lovely, uh, I wouldn't even call it a half shirt, like a, like a quarter shirt. He's got a hood and enough shirt to cover his pecs, and that's it. Some very high-waisted pants. Um, and a giant old satchel on his back that's probably full of goodies, considering you can see some gems and shit falling out of that. But uh, I love the character of Fingers. Uh, anyways, anyways, c- continue on. Sorry for the interruption. No,
1: that's alright. I actually completely agree. Fingers just has a really good presence to him. Uh, so next to Fingers, we've got Popcorn Turner, who's a bit more uh, straightforward. He's this beardy gremlin rolling around on a barrel. To represent that, he's got the -the on-the-move ability, so he starts his activation by pushing three inches, which augments his move six pretty well. And he's got his marrow roll so he can roll over people, and just generally he's hard to pin down. Good scheming piece, he can also breathe fire on people, which does a huge amount of blast damage. But it's got a nice trigger that instead of doing burning like you'd expect a Breath of Fire to do, he's just spitting a bunch of hooch everywhere and giving everyone in the blast poison. Uh he's also got the blood poisoning attack like Brewery, so if you've got someone on a lot of poison he can take him down by up to five damage as a bonus action.
0: Oof. And this is uh, he kind of represents slightly um the more traditional what you would think of a uh sort of moonshiner type person. Whereas uh Brewmaster was definitely built around the idea of him being a very Asian themed alcohol guy. I think Weird is now trying to add in more uh Western Depictions of um, hooch making. So got popcorn, and then uh, after popcorn, uh, you would also get Cooper Jones, which I believe is a girl. Yes, it's it's either a skirt or a kilt. So I'm gonna put my money on it on, on Cooper Jones being a girl. And yeah, she's she's a lady. Yeah, and I love these two models because popcorn is rolling around on this on this beer barrel, and then Cooper is just wearing the beer barrel. As as a shirt protection,
1: yeah, battle a shirt, armor,
0: a shirt and protection, which is just sweet. And she's she's shooting a uh, a flamethrower out, and uh, she's got a, a big mass of slightly burnt hair. I love it. Anyways, she's an enforcer, and she is among besides bringing both burning to the table along with popcorn. She can also hand out a bit of healing to constructs. To to put it in perspective, these two models came with the, what was the name of the box?
1: Uh, backdraft.
0: The Backdraft box. So it was Cooper, it was Popcorn, and it was two Whiskey Gammon, which we'll get into. So she's kind of around helping out the uh, the constructs. But also, she can take a scrap marker and turn it into a Whiskey Gammon. So for bringing the Seven Soulstone model, she can actually summon off of a scrap marker, which is pretty intense. She doesn't even need a suit for that, so that's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. The main setup for it is that you gotta load some poison on her, because uh, otherwise the gammon takes damage when it summons in. Yeah. But that's not too hard in the Brewmaster Croup. Oh yeah,
0: no, that's she can do it herself. Uh yeah, that's 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 Cooper. Not a not a whole lot I want to go into on her.
1: So next up we've got the the, the classic, everyone's got one laying around somewhere. Uh the whiskey <laughs> golem.
0: Just a <laughs> I don't giant. Have, I don't have one don't, of these. You don't have one? Surprise. amazed. I don't. Hey, someone out there that has like 30, send me one. I'll give you my address.
1: So yeah, it's this giant robot made of uh, whiskey barrels. Because, you know, what better way to transport your alcohol than a golem? Ah. And it's it's going to be getting up the table. It's got nimble. So, and it's 10 stones, armor 2. Uh, so it's pretty pretty tough. Uh, and whenever it dies, it spills its booze everywhere with intoxicating 2, giving everyone poison 2. And he's going to be getting up the table and hitting people with his huge fist, doing some pretty severe damage with the lovely trigger, Smashed, to give people more poison.
0: I get it. It's a double entendre.
1: Oh, the smash trigger? Yes. Yep. Yeah, he'll be uh, healing people by giving them some alcohol on a 1-2-3 healing flip in Poison 1. And he is a fantastic model. Very tough, likes to hit hard, and fits with the bird crew because he's putting some extra poison out there.
0: Yeah, he's like one of the few beaters in the crew, it looks like.
1: I mean, he's definitely the the main one, the big scary.
0: Yep, he's also adorable. I love that face. All right, uh, we'll go with the uh, the next guys, the Moon Shinobi or Moon Shine Obi. For those of you that didn't immediately get the joke, uh, definitely wasn't Nate. Me. <laughs> uh, these guys will come with a, uh, come with a traditional brewery box, and they're kinda, I would say they're slightly cheaper hitters. Uh, Where the whiskey goal, was ten, these guys are six. And kind of their main mechanic is something called Drunken Kung Fu, which we'll also see on another model in this crew. That says, uh, when this model performs a flip, it treats all positive flips as they were a negative, and all negative flips as they were a positive. So basically what you're doing is you're turning basic, uh, any detriment that a, an opponent will normally throw at you to a benefit. Any sort of distracted will be a good thing for them, tying... Uh, any duel will be super good for them because you're suddenly at a double positive damage instead of double negative, which mm-hmm. is really awesome. Uh, to sort of mitigate that, they only have a 2, 3, 4 damage yeah. track, but it's a stat 6. It's pretty good for a 6-soulstone mile. Um, yeah, hard,
1: hard to wound and distract out other friends.
0: Oh, yeah. And, oh, great, they have stealth. Didn't notice that before. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Stealth. Stealth is what makes them really valuable because they can get places with their move six really easily and not take too much threat until they want to get engaged.
0: No. And of
1: course, they can hand out poison
0: like everyone else in the room.
1: Yeah. Have a drink. (laughs) So what do we got next? So next up, we've got the Whiskey Gammon, uh, possibly one of the most adorable models in the game. So whereas the Whiskey Golem is a giant whiskey barrel construct. Uh, These are just basically barrels on wheels. Just one little barrel, throw a couple wheels, give them arms, and a little whiskey cannon, and you're good to go. What do they do? Perhaps their most notable ability is the driving while a drink, um, which at the start of their activation, they push a number of inches equal to their poison condition. And then they give friendly models within a two-inch pulse poison one. Besides that, they've got a fairly not great melee attack. Um, They can spray out poison with their moonshine dispenser. Main thing is they're going to be quick,
0: so they're kind of your schemers.
1: Yeah, they're going to be zipping around and generally hard to hard to keep keep pinned down.
0: You know, I finally realized what these guys look like. I feel stupid that it took me this long to realize that they look like claptrap <laughs> from the Borderlands series. <laughs> they do. Oh my god, it <laughs> took me forever. Leave it to gremlins to have claptraps. Yeah, like in a uh, oh, goody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh goody, I get the Akaname. The Akaname. Hooray. Yay Doug. So excited to cover these things. Just Yeah, they're they're cute. <laughs> just ecstatic. Akaname are colloquially known as poop demons, and by colloquially I mean me and everyone else that can hear me. Uh call them poop demons. That's what they are. They're poop demons.
1: Yeah, they're they're poop demons.
0: Yep, the little little poop demons with uh, disgustingly long tongues. And they're cheap. I, mean, I guess they're not really for scam running, are they? They're not very fast. Uh, well, for one thing, they can pump out markers if you need markers, which is a good thing. They they gain flicker tokens because they're uh, they're uh, share keyed with the uh, Ten Thunders model. So hey, you need scrap markers for that uh, whiskey gammon that Scuba Jones is summoning. This is how they're going to do it. Uh, can remove uh, corpse or scrap markers to give them some poison. I guess what are these guys used for? You you know this this faction a whole lot better than I do.
1: So the main thing is, yeah, that the foul gift ability where uh, you're either dropping scrap to assist with um, with Cooper if you're doing a summoning engine, or they can. That's a bonus action scheme drop. That's not an interact, so they can move ten inches and drop a scheme marker without any restriction. Besides that, the the barb tongue does slow base, so
0: oh yeah that's built in holy crap
1: that's the main thing
0: okay cool all right that's that's your poop poop demons uh, or akonami sorry poop demons <laughs> slowing
1: you down <laughs> oh, God. next up we're uh getting some uh cross-faction love uh from some some hangovers from last edition uh we've got the fermented river monks who maintain their tri-chi keyword um and they've got some of the monk abilities. So they have the Enlightened ability, which lets them, whenever they take the Concentrate action, gain Chi tokens instead of Focus tokens, our Focus condition, uh, which they can spend to gain plus two to their final dual totals whenever they make a flip. And they also have the ability to reduce their Poison uh, by up to two to reduce damage coming in, which gives them a decent survivability. Uh, The River's Conflux ability isn't going to be coming into play in a Brew Crew, because you don't have Shenlong throwing around Fermented River upgrades. Uh, main thing is, they've got a staggering punch uh, that does staggered, as you would guess, with 2-3-4 uh, damage. And they also have the Drunken Strength trigger, like brewie has. So if they can get stacked up with poison, they can be decent secondary beaters. Other than that, they also can hand out more drinks and drink some themselves.
0: Goody. Cool. No, the, the, they're really cool. I think everyone sort of likes the, the concept of the Drunken Kung Fu uh, Master-type model, and that's probably one of the reasons why like, I really want to play Ruby, because I absolutely love these guys. So it's cool that he still gets to keep them, despite, you know, cutting ties with the Ten Thunders.
1: You know, his booze is too good, they just can't quit him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you know what I absolutely hate?
1: What do you absolutely hate?
0: The Ten Thunders. You know what I absolutely hate in the Ten Thunders? <laughs> that's right, the Tanuki. Which uh, is also a model that it's making its way over to um, the Bayou Brew Crew. Now I think they're strictly Ten Thunders um, faction, but obviously they have the traitchy keyword, so they'll be coming along with Brewmaster. Now, I don't know if they're as nonsensically broken as they are in Ten Thunders, but uh, uh, no, they're
1: they're still good in Bayou.
0: <laughs> Great! I'm so happy. Uh, all you really know but need to know about these drunk raccoons is that they hand out an absurd amount of focus to other models, and they only cost five stones. I'm sure you could use them for something else. I have not seen them used for anything else except for that. Got anything else to add?
1: No, that 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 about covers it. I mean, they heal, they remove conditions, they give focus. It's it's certainly
0: good. It's fine. It's perfectly balanced. I'm not mad. Okay, enough enough hatred. Enough you know vinegar from Doug here complaining about the Ten Thunders. Let's move on to another keyword that I absolutely love. You know, I really freaking love the Gremlin keywords and anything about... Them. I just I yeah. like the faction. It's just too bad that I don't have enough time to paint them and purchase them and other stuff. <sighs> Anyways, we are moving on to the sui keyword. Now, some people don't know what sui is kind of used for, and... um it's sort of something that's kind of ingrained into American culture. I don't know if it's used across the ocean at other places, so let me just uh, explain it to maybe someone who doesn't understand what "sui" is. But uh, "sui" is basically a, a call used for pigs. Uh, and as Nate is going to demonstrate, there's a proper way to uh, sort of shout it out. Go ahead, Nate. Sui. Yep that that right there. So that's the keyword for Ulix. So Ulix Turner is your Oh, he's another summoning master, That I guess. Well, he's, he's an oddball summoning, whereas, like, Summer was just summoning Bayou Gremlins. Ulix is taking pigs he has on the board and upgrading. He's, a, he's an upgrade master, where the upgrades are just new models that are better. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm supposed to be talking about the fluff, and I'm not doing that right now. His pigs... Ulix is pigs. Ulix likes pigs. He's the best swineherd that the Turner clan can produce. Um, he is the pig aspect of gremlin culture. He's really, really good at his job, and he is possibly the most obscure reference in the game that I can think of. He's probably not the most obscure reference because there's probably a reference I haven't gotten, so that's technically more obscure. But he's actually a reference to uh, Odysseus from the Odyssey. Yeah, that thing. So it turns out that the Latinized version of Odysseus is uh Ulysses but the more uh Latin pronunciation of is uh Ulysses, I believe roughly close yep. to that so shortened to Ulyx. There you go and the reference to that is that he's got a bow Odysseus is known for his bowmanship marksmanship bowmanship well bowmanship yeah <laughs> and he also is missing a leg and uh, part of the Odysseus lore is that he suffered a grievous wound to his leg from a boar, of all things. And uh his wife in from the uh from the Odyssey is uh, is Penelope, which happens to be Ulix's totem, but it's not his wife. I hope it's not his wife.
1: No. <laughs>
0: let's yeah, yep. Let's yep.
1: let's just assume it's not.
0: <laughs> so Olix's pigs, Sui's pigs, pretty basic... Uh, thing to wrap your head around. So how does he play?
1: As you said, a summoning crew, but he's not doing the summoning. He's a, uh, a grow master, kind of like, uh, Nekama Neverborn.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good reference.
1: Yeah. So, front of his card, we've got, and he's dealing all with pigs, uh, all of which are beasts as well. So you'll see a lot of the beast, not keyword, but wording on his cards. Uh, so he's got the hitch to ride ability, which is whenever a friendly beast within two declares a walk, he can just place himself into base contact with the beast after it's resolved. So he's generally not walking too much of his own AP. He's having his pigs do that for him. He's got the sturdy sturdy critters ability, which whenever a pig within six suffers damage, he can throw a card away to reduce the damage by one, two, two based on the card. So if you got some moderates to throw away, you can keep keep some damage off your pigs. Uh, he's got the swine herd ability, which gives friendly pigs within six inches a plus one to their melee rare and pitch <laughs> to throw attacks off onto other pigs. And he's got the hog herder ability, which gives him the pig keyword for hiring purposes. On the back, we've got the slop em up attack action, uh, which is going to be his melee attack. That main thing is it gives adversary beast. So your pigs are all going to be on positives to attack the target. Um, which is nice because it's got a mass trigger for coordinated attack, which lets another model take a an attack against the target. So you can immediately utilize that adversary uh, condition. At range, he's got the Toss Slop uh, ability, which is going to be doing basically the same thing at range, giving adversary beasts, but it's got some blasts, so you can get it on a couple more models. Uh, that's got triggers to push uh, friendly minions in line of sight of the target up to it, or get some heals out if anyone's nearby. Then his other attack action is Hurdom, which is an action you'll see on a couple other models in the crew, which is uh, basically a Beast Obey, and it's better against pigs because it needs a mask to go off, and if he's targeting pigs, it gets the mask built in. It lets him take a non-bonus action that doesn't attach upgrades or name a model. (laughs) Awesome. So for his tactical actions, we've got his uh, most notable ability, the Grow Up Strong. Which lets you target a friendly non undead pig and name a non undead pig minion with a higher cost. The target number of the action is ten plus twice the difference in costs of the target and the named model. Then you replace the target with the named model, and the new model heals four and may push two inches in any direction. So basically you're taking your you're starting off with piglets, and they are getting bigger, which we'll kinda cover when we talk about the four types of pigs that there are, which are your piglets your squealers your wild boars and your war pigs and then he's got a nice bonus action uh that heals all friendly beasts within a six inch pulse to two wounds
0: all right cool
1: go ahead and tell them what to do
0: yeah so i guess real quick what does the rest of the crew play like i guess we might we never really covered that before but i think it's a decent question
1: it's basically a very aggressive melee crew you've got like your you can get scheme runners out of some of the pigs the wild boars in particular are pretty good for it but you're going in on damage with your war pigs and you're using your other models to support them
0: <clears throat> okay so uh Ulex is so i've been referring to him as Ulix because i have been told that is the proper pronunciation and that looks to be the proper pronunciation of the, the latinized version of Odysseus, but the, the, most of the community to, refers to him as Ulix, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I referred to him as U- Ulix for years, so um, yeah, don't don't be a smug I-know-how-to-pronounce-things-better-than-you kind of person. That is my job. Step <laughs> off. Alright, Penelope. Penelope is Ulix's dog, and she is a good girl. Um, She's a good dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I want to say boxer, maybe? probably. Like maybe a boxer pitbull mix? That's, I could see that. Yeah. My brother has boxers. They're adorable. Anyways, Penelope is the totem. And uh, I guess the two things that um, are really great about Penelope is that uh, she has an ability called Kept at a Distance which says uh, pigs activating within six inches of her game plus one movement for their entire activation. That's that's really nice. Uh, so there's usually a. Uh, Two, two, two inches total if you um, move them twice. Uh, next up is she has a <laughs> an obey called Hurd'em, um where she gets the suit built in if they're a pig, and you're probably going to be playing with a pig or two. And so it's pretty darn nice that you have a two soul stone enforcer totem that uh, has an obey.
1: Oh, it's okay. There's a six stone minion that uh, that's going to be doing some of that too. So uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs>
0: good for you. You're, this faction is so much obeys. Oh my goodness.
1: Okay. So what else we got? Next up, we've got the old major, uh, big old pig. You're kind of your your big prize winner. He's the one that all the little pigs look up to. They want to be old major when they grow up. Um, so most pigs have the stampede ability, which he does as well. If they end a charge and base contact with their target, you're going to be suffering damage, but the pig will also be taking a damage. Um, He's got hard to wound, so it helps him stay alive. But the thing he really, really has got going for him is Go Hog Wild, which whenever a friendly pig within six inches activates, they get plus rams to their duels and plus and positives to their damage flips until the end of their activation. Really good melee attack at a minimum three at a one inch range, which would be probably about two inches because he'll be near Ulix, who's giving him plus one to his melee range. And he's got the Nudge him on ability, which is going to be, you discard a card, targeting another friendly pig within eight inches. Pushes them three inches, and if the target gets a minion, they get the suit of the discarded card built in for their entire turn.
0: Dang.
1: So you can get some guaranteed suits.
0: And that's really useful for this particular crew, as Absolutely. we'll find out. Okay, so uh, Old Major is his only henchman, but he has a glorious enforcer. She, she used to be a henchman, didn't she?
1: No, she's Gracie's always been an enforcer.
0: Oh. Uh. My bad. So Gracie, Gracie is an enforcer, and Gracie is another big pig, with a thousand-yard stare. It looks like she's been through a couple wars. Uh, from the look of those eyes, uh, she is a wonderful model. She's a big pig covered in metal cookware and utensils, and what looks like a furnace door and a teapot for a helmet. Uh, she's one of the, like the most. She's one of the most iconic models in the faction, possibly of the game. She's a big, smart pig. And she is a reference to Big Trouble in Little China, which we'll get into later once we see her uh, partner in crime, as it were. She is a bit of a hitter, but I think her biggest thing is that she's really hard to kill. Yes. Not only does she have hard to kill, she has armor too. And if you remember, Ulix's ability where you can discard a card to reduce damage. She could technically reduce damage by four. Uh, Built-in eat your fill so she can heal, as well as uh, tear a bite on her attacks. Where if you got a ram, she's also healing two off of that. And she is an absolute nightmare to play in Enforcer Brawl, I know, firsthand. (laughs) Especially when she has a Gatling gun. Yes, thank you, Victoria.
1: Ah, yes. Gracie with a Gatling gun.
0: Ah, we need to... I need to do that deck. Yeah, I've got so many projects for Malifu. Anyways, um, yeah, so that's pretty much her. She's uh, sort of a defensive... A very defensive Enforcer that's going to soak up a ton of damage. She's
1: your tanky pig. Tank pig. Next up, uh, have you ever wanted to see a a Cerberus, (laughs) but you, uh, like, fuse it with a pig? Oh, you know I've never wanted to see that in my life. Oh, well, too late for that. We've got the sow. (laughs) Uh, A big old mama pig with three heads and just full of anger. She is literally terrifying 11 and hard to wound. And she gets angrier when she gets to have health with her grit frantic. So she'll have positives to her damage flips. So she's got her tusks, uh, which are... Decent melee attack, especially when you're getting those positives to damage. But the main thing she's doing is she's giving birth live on the battlefield. Uh, with her birth ability. Uh she can remove a corpse or ski marker within two inches to add the crow that she needs for it. And she can just summon a piglet at huh. the low cost of a six. Nice. Live birth.
0: Good for her. What a what a wonderful place to, to experience the joy of life.
1: Suddenly being alive.
0: Yeah. Mid battle. Yeah. Those, those, those new runs are pretty freaking honorary. Only the strong survive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, let's let's get into how his mechanic works. Let's start with the basic sort of building block of his models. The lowly piglet, the three cost minion model that Helix can bring um, not a very good stat line Pretty basic attack action. Uh, truffles is nice. Does
1: anyone else have... Who else has Truffles? I think uh, wild boars have it as well.
0: Okay, this sort of lets them oh, models close to them Actually, actually,
1: all the uh, all the minion pigs except the squealers have it. So the war pig has it as well.
0: Okay, cool. So what this really is is kind of your summoning platform for for Ulex. Uh The only thing you're summoning, actually summoning into the game, is piglets, and then you use piglets to bring in the better pigs. So this this little guy is going from being born to being the size of, of an SUV. Uh, over the course of a couple seconds, which, uh, you know, you know, nature is amazing. Life goals. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, actually we should probably mention that like reckless is a thing. Oh yeah. So most,
1: most of the, I think all the pigs except old major have reckless. So much like last edition, they can suffer a damage and get fast. So most of the time they're running around on three AP going crazy.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of distance, especially if you've got Penelope in the mix making everyone, like, a move six. Yep. That's, I mean, if you're not just attacking three times, of course. And really, a lot of these models yeah. kind of want to die, because they've got the a, a delicious bacon devisability.
1: Yep. Dropping a ski marker into base context instead of a corpse. It's gotten me more points than I'd like to admit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, anything you can do. All right, what else? Well, after the piglet, what do we got? Alright, so next up on the evolutionary ladder, we've got the Squealer, which <laughs>
1: as has been revealed to us by Weird are just Mad Max
0: Yeah. Oh someone made a reference they look exactly like Bane from uh Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yeah, they're they're ridiculous. Um they've got the standard pig layout, stampede, eat your fill, delicious bacon when they die. Um their attack is decent, but they also have a ranged attack, which is fairly unique for pigs. Uh, cause they can project to their voice as they are squealers. Uh, it's a 10 inch range against willpower with two, three, four with blasts and they can throw distracted. And beyond that, they've got a tactical action on song of night and day, which pulses out a one heal within five inches to every model. Every model? Yep. Every model within five inches heals one.
0: Huh. cool. Okay. Next up is the wild boar. And I would say this is kind of your mid tier attacking model. Um. Six inches of movement, uh, up to seven around Penelope, and Frenzy Charge. Just, just a lovely, just a lovely combination. I personally, truly enjoy seven inches of movement and Frenzy Charge. Frenzy Charge, of course, being the ability that lets you charge more than once a turn. Awesome. And they have a couple ways to sort of also take advantage of that. They have tusks, just like every other minion in the uh, crew, I believe. And a slew of nice triggers. I guess, do you want to kind of explain how the, the attacking pigs work?
1: The pigs all have triggers on every suit. Most of them on a ram have tear off a bite where they're going to heal to. Um, on a tome, you've got a variety of triggers. Uh, the boars have armor piercing, which is always nice to ignore armor. Um, on a mask, uh, wild boars are going to be eating ski markers. And on a crow, everyone ha- all the pigs have rampage. Which lets them push five inches ignoring models uh such that they move through the target, for one damage, so no matter what you flip, your pig's gonna be getting something out of it,
0: yeah, and of course you can dictate that with the ultra major, so yep yeah i I have a feeling it's absolutely a horrific experience to be attacked by uh a whole bunch of models with tear off a bite built in, basically making them really hard to kill
1: yeah especially when they just went reckless, took a damage and then took a bite off and got back to full.
0: okay, what about the war pig? Uh,
1: so the war pig is he's your he's your champion pig he's your he's your big fighter they're fast they've got all the all the pig fixings eat your fail frenzy charge delicious bacon uh, they also get deadly pursuit which lets them push at the end phase four inches um, and they're rolling in with their huge tusks on a three four six damage spread. At attack six, and that's that's really all you Jeez. got. Damn, they're starting from near old major where they're getting those positives to damage and just putting the hurt down.
0: And of course, one giant rabbit in the mix.
1: Yeah, you got you got to have the rabbit.
0: Got to have the wool rabbit. The wool rabbit. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the support models. Why don't we? Uh, I have here the hug whisperer, which. Um, Actually, my favorite one is the one that's carrying two piglets. That's adorable. Yep. I'm looking uh, these, forward to that model. Yep. These are your support gremlins. Okay. They, uh, two things, uh, three things, I think, really stick out to me. One, tools for the job. Tools for the job is just, 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 just great. Um, they also carry around that swine herd ability that I believe Willux has. So their, uh, pigs are at plus one to their melee range which is really good. Most pigs' baseline have a zero-inch melee, so that's kind of detrimental, but uh, bring a couple Hog whispers and, of course, Ulix, and then they're at uh, the one-inch, which is pretty common. Um, the other two things is they got that uh, lovely cheap Obey in them that Penelope has, so on a seven, as long as they're targeting a pig so they get that suit, uh, they're obeying pigs, and yeah, if you <laughs> got them obeying that... Uh, that War Pig for even more attacks, it's pretty crazy. And last but not least, the Here Pig tactical action that's on a bonus says, hey, uh, you got a five and a ram, you can summon a Piglet into base contact with a scheme or Corpse Marker. Great. So basically, yep. that by the time you finally figured, finally managed to kill that big War Pig or whatnot, uh, it's just basically become a Piglet, and then Ulix is going to go and turn it into a War Pig again. That's the plan. Goody, so lots I'm a feeling like he goes through a lot of dying models and then just keeps bringing them back he's He's basically yeah. the, the resurrectionist in the uh the Bayou faction, but you know just just, yeah. birth, just birthing more pigs instead of bringing them back to life that's that's what's happening
1: just as a note with the hog whisper, uh with tools for the job, you get the suit you discard, so if you discarded a ram, you can ensure the here pig on your tactical action uh-huh. Or you can ensure the mask if you're trying to obey an enemy beast. Yeah. Just just something fun to think about for the Ulex versus Marcus match.
0: Ugh, that, that sounds like a nightmare of, like, accounting. I'm sure someone's had fun with that, though. Okay, so that's, so that's a hog whisperer. What other support
1: models we got? Uh, next up, we've got the slop hauler. Uh, he's going to be your healer. Keep trying to keep as many of the pigs standing as he can. Which both him with both both the hog whisperer and the slop hauler have a demise ability where if they die they heal a pig within uh, three inches or beast. Um, They can also do the hitch a ride like like can where they whenever a beast within two takes a walk they jump similar to Eulix's. Actually, I think they're exactly the same. Uh, Slop them up and toss slop where you're throwing out adversary for your beasts. And they have a tactical action feed the piggies, which heals every pig within a three-inch pulse, one, two, three, and any non-pigs in that pulse heal one. Uh, And they also have the hear pig action. Uh, But I believe they, yeah, they have it at one less stat, so they're summoning on a sixth.
0: Oh, goodness. That's that's an offensive amount of
1: summoning. (laughs) Yeah, With, with you can hire two slop haulers, three hog whispers, and the sow, potentially, and just put pigs down everywhere if you really wanted to.
0: Ah, man. Freaking Ramos is jealous at this point. I wonder if... It, I. And you know what? Okay, weird. If you're listening to this, I know you're listening to this. One of you is. One of you poor poor interns is forced to listen to us. We need a piglet swarm, is what we need. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Anything else on the slot baller? Uh, That's pretty much it.
1: He's a healer. Uh, he can ride along with pigs, so he's always going to be there in range to get someone healed up and He's going to be summoning more pigs, where if the Hog Whisperer can't...
0: Okay, uh, last thing is a model shared between him and Wong. And I would I think it kind of more fits, at least ability-wise, in with Wong. But you could probably see him uh, bring him along if you really need to. And that is the Swine Cursed. And uh, we already kind of covered him before, so I'm not going to go really into him. But it's the other thing of note is that when he dies, he can turn into a piglet which then you can, of course, upgrade into other monstrosities if you so choose. So, I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll ask you real quickly. Why, why would you bring a um into an Ulix group?
1: You can get, there's kind of a cute trick you can do between the Swine and the Hog Whisper. Do your herdum to obey the Swine cursed, and then also can use the Pig Sticker, uh, which also has a Mass Trigger to basically do an obey on a beast. And that'll also get you your Fast and your Glowy token on your Swine Curse, so... Oh, dang. Th- yeah, there's there's a little bit of synergy that you can use, and then, again, when he dies, you get a pig, which is, which is good.
0: Hooray! More summoning. More piggies. I'm so happy for you. Okay. How many piglets have you summoned in a game? Like, have you, even, have you ever, like, focused down on him to see how many you can get out?
1: Um, not in this edition.
0: Okay. Well, I- it's a- Someone tell us, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll put your name on a podcast episode, and we'll say how cool you are that you summoned like I don't know rugby team worth of piglets. That's that's fifteen, by the way. Um, do you think you can do it? Like I know they're, they're I mean they're minion four, but you know if you just kill them enough or just replace them enough. I mean, at most you'd be getting thirteen models on the table
1: between piglets, and then growing them up into the bigger versions. Okay, that's a cricket
0: team or is cricket eleven? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, pa- pause while well. <laughs> get this number of players.
1: This is this is now a cricket podcast, a everybody.
0: Cricket team eighteen. Is, oh, holy crap! That's a lot more uh, than I thought. Uh, okay, well, football team, American football team, eleven. There you go. That's that's the goal. So um, you know, y- you know what. I, I, I will send you a dollar if you summon 11 piglets in one game and you give each one of them a name, each referencing a member of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, let's go with that. I, I, don't, I don't know why the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, I'm uh, sorry. I've been drinking. <laughs> I'm not, actually, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. This is not the. This is not the. Episode, this is the kind of episode where I apologize for things. Uh,
1: this is this is the content everyone's looking for.
0: Yay, this is, Bayou. This is Bayou. This it's is, not like I actually have to care. Nah, he's right. <laughs> okay, moving on to the last keyword. Hooray! This podcast is going to be like three hours long. Sweet, we get the infamous keyword. My goodness, I think I think every single gremlin player rejoiced when they found out about the existence of Zip, Captain Zip. Like, instead of being just a big, fat, annoying turd of a gremlin, that summer is, Captain Zip kind of represents, like, the fun kookiness of gremlins so well. So he's he a gremlin on a jetpack. Specifically, he is a gremlin that uh, sort of grew up listening to old uh, serials on the uh, Boxcast. So he's listening to those, and he sort of gets the idea, and I said, basically, he's a comic book fan. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. So he, you know, he has dreams of becoming a sort of an infamous villain, as it, as it were. So uh, he gets his crew together, and he manages to, to hijack a, a Zeppelin, which he then refers to as, I believe, the infamous, correct?
1: Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's the infamous.
0: And so uh, on this, on this dirigible uh are a bunch of uh sort of experimental prototype jetpacks and aircraft and whatnot so uh he becomes basically a sky pirate abandoned in the sky swooping down over his victims and stealing their stuff all the while monologuing to his heart's content so he is uh he really really represents he looks like the rocketeer i don't know how many people know who the rocketeer is I grew up watching the movie. They made a movie about it. But he is a gremlin in jetpack with a uh, zip-zap gun shooting lightning. And he's really cool. And uh, I guess sort of his advancement into 3rd edition, he's bringing on more people besides gremlins. So he is kind of a mixed bag of uh, employees. All of them being kind of outlandish in their own right. And he's also the, uh, the dual-faction master for the Bayou, between the Bayou and the outcasts. Um... Any other any other fun things?
1: That's basically Zip.
0: Yeah, that's Zip. Chetty pirate man. <laughs> so how does he re- play? So
1: Zip, we're just going to look at his card, look at this move eight with flight, oh, and god! that probably tells you about everything you need to know. Keep going. We've got a mass trigger on his defense called Blasting Off Again, because we need a Pokemon reference. Yes, we uh, we need
0: more Pokemon
1: references. Yeah. So after resolving, so he doesn't even need to succeed, he's just going to place within six inches of his current location. Um, now, he does have the got-better-stuff-to-do ability, which he is not allowed to take interact actions. He's, he's too busy for that. But he is chatty, so enemy models within six have to discard so they can interact. What a but. Truth. Uh, he's got the sputtering exhaust ability, which gives models within two inches of him concealment. Uh, he's got showboating, which is kind of your keyword ability. Um, which is when at the end of the model's activation, if it cheated fate from its control hand during its activation, gets to draw a card. Cheated card, draw a card. And he has flight, because he's got a jetpack. Of course it is. On the back, we've got the Up We Go attack action, which is a range 2, stat 3 against size, which cannot target models with flight, but it throws the target anywhere within 3 inches and does some damage. Um, He can also get a mass trigger to push the target and then uh, place into base contact or throw out some injured He's also got his previously mentioned Zip Zapper, which is an 8-inch range gun that ignores cover and concealment because it's just shooting lightning. Boom. It's a 2-blast, 3-blast, 5-blast, and models damaged by it are pushed 1-inch in any direction. Uh, On a ram, he can add more blasts. Uh, He adds a blast to the damage spread. Or on a crow, he's got the convulsions trigger, which moves the target 3-inches, and then the target has to discard a card or move 3 more inches. For Tactical Actions, we've got Drop the Pianos! It's a once-per-turn ability that he can discard either two cards or pass tokens to drop 40mm height, three blocking, destructible, impassable piano markers uh, anywhere within six inches of him. And on a mass trigger, those pianos are going to be doing some damage on a 14 willpower duel. Anyone within two inches of the pianos suffers two damage and gains distracted. And for a bonus action, we've got Boring Conversation, which is a six-inch aura. That any enemy models within that range that want to do a non-walk action need a target number 10 willpower duel, or their action just fails. Zip is all about being as disruptive as he possibly can.
0: And that's kind of why I think he's the most Bayou Bayou that ever Bayou.
1: Yeah. He's just there to be annoying and
0: ruin all the good things. He's an extremely obstructive model. Okay. So let's move on to his totem. His totem is Earl Burns. Good old Earl was just a mechanic on the infamous when Zip stole it. So he kind of got kidnapped slightly. And I just realized that the outcasts have two models with uh, two masters with kidnapping victims as their totems.
1: Yeah. Like, and those, those, those masters came out at the same time. Like there was huh. this weird, <laughs> this weird
0: thing. So unlike Doc Mitchell, he actually still has the chains on his legs, which, I don't know, if if he's on a blimp, where's he going to go? But he also happens to have, like, the most amazing facial hair and eyebrows I've ever seen on a Malifo model. But anyways, let's get into what he does. Earl is one of the most surprisingly mobile models in the game, because he can basically hitch ride on any flying model? Yeah. Uh, any flying model that's within one inch of him uh, basically will just tow him along against his will per their walk. So basically he has the entire distance of their movement tacked onto him. So besides the ridiculous amount of movement oh, yeah. he can get away with, he can create uh, even more pianos. Oh god, even more pianos. On a tactile action, yeah, he can just create more pianos. Great. Good good for him. Good job, guy. Um, and as well, uh, along with that ability to move a lot, just basically by piggybacking, he's not insignificant, so he can start dropping uh, ski markers, unlike his master, who's too busy talking to do so. And as well, he brings the tactical action free loot, which is seen across the keyword and is um, really nice, honestly, I think it is. Yeah, it's strong. Yeah. Basically, uh, Zip, not only is he incredibly annoying and Disruptive, his crew is going to just prey on you beyond belief if you start dropping Ski Markers. I, I would not drop Ski Markers unless I absolutely have to against the Zip Crew.
1: Did you say you wouldn't bring Colette against the Zip Crew?
0: Uh, I don't, I, I've never played Colette except for hiring her as a second master, so I wouldn't know, but yeah, well, likely, probably not. No, that's probably not a good mm-hmm. idea.
1: Yeah, like Colette's, that's a bad matchup for her.
0: Especially since I believe he can just keep dropping her on her head and she can't do anything yeah. about it because it's not against her defense. Uh, side side note, question here: Can you use Up We Go if on a disengaging strike if you're targeting a flyer?
1: Oh no, because you can't target a model with flight, so yeah, okay. he can't he can't keep fl- models with flight locked down. Cool. Have you ever played against Karis? Uh, I have not played Zip against Karis.
0: That's so many markers on the field.
1: Yeah, that would be...
0: Moving on. So that's Earl, in a nutshell. So what do we got for uh, for henchmen here? Uh,
1: we have the darling of the faction. We have the first mate. <laughs> the first mate is a Cilarid, uh much like you'd see in Zoraida's crew, and he is dual, dual keyword with her. He's, he's, he's wonderful. He's got stealth, so you can't target him from more than six inches. He's got carry the loot, so if an enemy ski marker within six is removed, he can draw a card butterfly jumps, so if he gets attacked, he gets to move three inches. He's got showboating, and he's got pounce, so if anything moves into his engagement range, not in their activation, he gets fast. Um, he's got a leap, which has the sudden strike trigger, so he can take an attack after he leaps, with his mighty anchor that has crit strike built in, so okay. he's got a pretty good hit. And he also has the free loot ability, or action, so he can eat enemy ski markers, which triggers his uh, carry the loot ability, so he'll get to draw two cards.
0: Nice. He's like a really—he's a really good model in this fashion, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. He is a
0: bargain at nine stones. Is he a bargain at ten stones, though? I see people is, bringing him in other. He is worthy of taking at ten stones in other crews. He's he's strong, and also his head is cute. Yeah, <laughs> and he's smoking a cigar. Someone tra- someone trained a c- seller and how to smoke a cigar. Yep. <laughs> okay. Next up is Zip's other henchmen and uh, Wong fans lament the loss of their boy Manja Roja, who is a luchador-looking son of a bitch, uh, throwing around using a gremlin as a club. Really, it's a, it's a great model. It's a great sculpt. It's it tells you a story about a gremlin using as a gremlin as a weapon, which is very gremlin. Gremlin Mancha Roja is a pretty straightforward. Got hard to wound. He's got a defensive trigger built in that deals damage if it succeeds on the duel, which uh, two three four has nothing to sneeze at. Being a Tony Ironside's guy, uh, that's uh, it's something scary. Um, Showboating, like most of the crew does. Flurry. Flurry on a min-3 model is scary. And as well Rush, which gives him plus 2 to his charge ability. His drop-down takedown is his Main attack, Uh, as I said before, min three, and a really a nice, nice slew of triggers in there, adding extra damage or causing slow or moving things around. Really, he's just an overall good hitter. Oh, and he gains shield if he ends his activation near a piano marker. Good for him. Okay, what else we got?
1: One thing I want to note, and this will come up with the wrestlers too, with the drop down takedown and the wrestlers. Wrestle ability. They get to remove non scheme marker markers within two inches, which is really strong. That's your t- picking up pyre markers and beating people with them or <laughs> shadow markers. Like, these guys fill fill a role of marker removal that is really useful. Like, you don't see that in the game almost at all. And then next up, we've got Burt Jebson back in from the uh, the bang. Burt's Burt. I feel like he's better in the Wong crew, just because you can get the, the glowy generation going on. But he's got showboating, he's got reckless, uh, melee attacks pretty good on an attack six.
0: Next up is Gracie. We already covered Gracie, she's a pig, she's a tank, she's a pig tank at the end. Moving on.
1: Uh, next up we've got uh, Out of Outcast, the the one out of keyword hire you can bring into Bayou. <laughs> I'm not salty at all about um, the Midnight Stalker losing the infamous keyword.
0: Hey, I'm not salty at all at losing this guy to my MSU crews.
1: Understandable. And he's a pirate now. We have Johan Creedy. It's hard to kill. He's got showboating, like everyone else. He's got flurry. So we got another min three with flurry. Because he's got this big old relic hammer on that tasty 346 damage spread that ignores shielded. Uh, He's got condition removal. He's going to need a five of tomes but that ends all conditions on the target within six. Uh, he can uh, use his final rest bonus action uh, to with that four-inch pulse to remove all scrap and corpses, uh, and that will heal friendly models in his line of... Uh, choose a number of... Oh, I guess I haven't read that properly in the past. <laughs> I'm reading it now. It just hasn't come up that much. He can choose a number of friendly models within his line of sight up to the number of markers removed, and then each of those models heals one. Nice. Good, uh, good anti-corpse tech if you're going into resors or something.
0: A little bit of ancillary yelling. And also yet more marker removal.
1: Yep. Ah,
0: oh, man. haven't a lot of that. I haven't played Infamous yet, but I'm not looking forward to it when I finally see him. Ugh. Okay, so next up is Maris LaCroix. We already covered her before. I think really the reason she has this keyword is that uh, she fits in well with the crew, having a jetpack and all. And as a quick reminder of what she does, she puts out an absurd amount of shockwave markers. The end. One of, one of which can be a ski marker. Yes, if you have... It on that. That, that's a trigger, right? Yeah, it's on a tome. What's the range? Uh, five inches. Okay, still good.
1: A section of five inches, she can throw out a ski marker. Okay, that's Maris. Next up, we've got the Rassler, which are uh, mini Mancherojas, really. For uh, five stones, you've got a hard-to-wound minion with showboating and rush, so they get that plus two whenever they charge. Um, and they've got the melee attack at a zero-inch range that can pick up non-ski markers and add injured to the damage. Yeah, they've got condition removal with a uh, toss in the mud at a two-inch range. And then they've also got free loot, so we can picking up more enemy ski markers. Pretty straightforward, but decent little minions.
0: Okay, next up is the minion that comes in Zip's box, the Iron Skeeter, the uh, really difficult to assemble and base Iron Skeeter, but uh, oh my goodness, they look so pretty. So these are his, his uh, minions, his dudes that are on the infamous, and they're flying mechanical mosquitoes with, uh, I, I still don't, I'm, not, I'm still not necessarily understanding how they propel, propel themselves, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not a mechanic. So I, I, I'm not good at that sort of thing. But um, they're really difficult to base as well. I don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> they have that problem where they uh, they they just engulf the base and then some. I managed to figure it out for the models I'm working on for a friend. But they are 7 cost, 7 move, and flight, which is, is crazy. Armor 1, because they're obviously metal skeeters sputtering Exhaust, which uh, they bring, as well as Maris and Zip, I believe. So a good portion of the crew is going to be pretty difficult to hit at range. Good luck with that. Showboating, uh, they blow up when they attack. Pretty basic uh, attack, both barrel roll and grappling hook, which can hand out slow if it needs to. And I think the, uh, the main thing that you really need to keep in mind is the Fly With Me ability, which is sort of the Ride With Me ability, but instead they, they fly. So uh, they're carrying things four four inches. Well, I guess it's yeah. base to base. So, uh, well, more distance for the model they're they're hauling along.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's not a push. It's a four inch place.
0: So they got a lot of time. distance. And unlike Zip, they uh, they can actually place down ski markers. So so kind of slightly expensive ski markers. Uh, seven seven's not too bad. Yeah,
1: they're they're gonna add mobility to your crew early game, and then they turn into ski runners once they've dropped all everyone off. Kind of, kind of how I look at it.
0: And oh my goodness! Okay, so move plus the fly with me, and they're on a forty millimeter base, which is about an inch and a half. So I'll do and so. Half, 14, 19, 19, almost twenty inches of movement. Yep, that's that's great. That's that's wonderful, and you can drag Earl along with you if you want. Oh, that's crazy! Okay, okay, that's the Iron Skater. Moving on.
1: Next up we got some uh, we got some humans in the faction. Uh, we've got the Bayou Smuggler, uh, which are shared keyword with Parker in Bandit and Infamous. Um, they've got the changing plan abilities so they can move friendly scheme markers within three up to three inches. They have life of crime, like the bandits, so they can get fast beta scheme marker. Showboning, and they can use soul stones with the attuned ability. Uh, they have a two inch reach with their paddle, which they can steal some soul stones or drop enemy scheme markers. Uh, much like you'll see in the Parker crew. Uh, and then a couple couple bonus actions. They can forage, so they can take an enemy ski marker and take the top card of their discard.
0: Okay.
1: It can basically be top of turn thing where you discard a soul stone to draw two cards and then discard two.
0: I feel like you're not doing that a whole ton, but it's really nice when you need it.
1: Yeah, if you need to cycle a couple cards, maybe your showboating cards you've been getting haven't been top-notch, so you can swap them out and see what else you get.
0: Okay. Last but not least, well, least in, least in costs, I guess, go with, is a flying piglet. And the only reason I can see that this is in the infamous crew is because they can fly. And uh, at this point, I'm sort of thinking that uh, Zip just likes literally anything that can fly, and he'll just bring it into his fold.
1: Now, you want to know what happened? What? Zip's application process is he takes people and throws them overboard. And uh, it's a, kind of a sink or swim, but flyer... Or... Squish.
0: (laughs) Okay, so how exactly did Johan Creedy survive that fall?
1: (laughs) That's the secret, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It just made him mad. Okay, so Flying Piglets uh, cost three. They're flying them. What else have they got? They're just a really cheap model. They can possibly hand out slow if you get a good attack in. It's a cheap ski rider? Yeah. Yeah,
1: five five inches with flight and, signif- and not being insignificant. They're wonderful scheme runners.
0: Yeah, I'm genuinely curious why they're not insignificant. But eh, that's... Uh,
1: I think the reason they're not insignificant is because they were a last edition, and no one took them because we didn't need a cheap flying model that did basically nothing.
0: Okay, fair. Well, hey, look, we finally got through all of the keywords. Ooh, hooray! <laughs> Okay, so um, there are a couple versatile models that we haven't covered yet. Technically three.
1: So first on our list, we've got our Crossroads 7 member, Gluttony. Um, he's got all your kind of standard Crossroads things. Uh, he's manipulative. His main interaction with enemy models is whenever they drop, they take interact actions to drop scheme markers. Uh, that's where he gives them sin tokens. And then if they have sin tokens and they go to drop scheme markers, he can make them drop one for the, uh, the Bayou team. But his real draw, and what we really love him for, is his Maddening Drums attack, which is a six against willpower at a 10 inch range, uh, which chooses a marker within six inches in line of sight of the target. You then push the target into base contact with the chosen marker and remove all markers in base contact with the target. Then the target suffers two damage for every marker removed this way to a maximum of four. So he's making the enemy. You'll have a lot of crews like Rasputino or Euripides or. Karis, where they're bringing these markers and Gluttony is turning that against them,
0: and I love him for it. Oh man, that's that's really hard to explain and how exactly he... Karis is going to eat some fire, but... I mean, it's Gluttony's magic. Yeah, Get real yeah, yeah. hungry. God. Oh man, it's like a really, really a misunderstanding the concept of barbecue. Ooh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Very
1: well done. Uh, so next up we've got the Duo of the Lucky Effigy and the grown-up Lucky Emissary.
0: How lucky are
1: they? Gremlin puppet with uh, shamrocks and cards and horseshoes. And then the Emissary's just a bigger version of or him on a giant hamster wheel. But instead of a hamster, you have a giant-ass pig.
0: That seems gremlin-y.
1: Yeah. So your Effigy is pretty standard. Uh, he's got armor one, hard to kill, accomplice before and after, so you can't hire both him and the Emissary. And he can be hired as your totem if you're being a henchman leader.
0: (laughs) Curse you, big brain brin. Damn, I have one
1: three. His melee attack is decent, uh, but you're probably not going to be using it too much unless you're using it on your own models to use that Glimpse of Fate or Catch a Glimpse trigger, uh, which does you look at the top two cards of your deck and put them back in the same order. Um, And his his big ability is his Aura of Luck, his bonus action. It's a three-inch Aura. And until the end phase, friendly models in that aura can cheat fate using the top card of their deck.
0: Ah, old school Bayou 2 card. That's basically the effigy. Uh, And then
1: he either hired or he grows up into the Emissary, uh, which is Armor 1, hard to kill. Uh, He has Unimpeded, so he doesn't care about severe terrain. He has Trample, so he can move through other models. And he has the Make Way ability, which is whenever he resolves an action in which he moved through one of our models... Those models need a 13-move duel or suffer 2 damage. And on top of that, he's move 8, so... Oh, jeez.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: So is he a lot of fun to play? Oh, he's wonderful. His his melee action is Roadkill, which is a 3-4-5 damage that can either ignore, or ignore armor or push the target 4 inches away and push him 4 inches towards the target. And then he's still got Aura of Luck from the little guy. Um, but then he also has a tactical action called Steamroller, which I absolutely love, lets him push 12 inches in any direction, remembering that he ignores severe terrain and other models. If the push is interrupted by destructible terrain, the terrain is removed and the push continues. If the push is interrupted by impassable terrain, uh, he suffers two damage, and then stops, because he can't keep going. And then every marker he came into base contact with is removed.
0: That's really nice. And of course, he's also, like, running them over so they still have to take that test, right?
1: Yep, it does a lot, and it only takes a Thor to go off.
0: It's also really fun to obey uh, against your will.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's rough.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I lost that game, but it was still really fun forcing him to run over his own stuff.
1: Yep. And then, last but not least, we have the mechanized pork chop. Uh, the creation of sparks from the, uh, the Ma Tucket crew. Uh, it, it does have a keyword, but that keyword is foundry, so May Fang can take it out of yeah. faction. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Something I can um, enjoy.
1: Yeah, and it's got armor too. Uh, it's got rage machines, so friendly models within three inches that declare a uh, melee action. Uh, they can take one irreducible damage to get positives to the duel. Uh, we got the walking forge ability, which you see in a lot of the Foundry crew, where at the end of his activation, he'll be dropping a scrap marker and ride the rails to go with that. So if he's within one inch of a scrap marker and he takes a walk action, he can instead place uh, into base contact with another scrap within 12 inches even if engaged.
0: Okay, so this guy has a foundry keyword, so obviously he works with Mei Fang. Are you seeing him in the faction at all? Actually, yes. Um, there are definite places for him in the faction. In a,
1: You can kind of build a semi-foundry crew in the, uh, the Matucket crew, if you're using Sparks and the Survivors. <laughs> uh, they can really benefit making a semi-foundry crew. But also, you could bring it into... Uh, I've known people bring it into Ulex sometimes to add additional positives to your attack actions or taking it into Wong where if you're taking that uh rage machine ability on another model in that crew they're going to be getting fast and a glowy token out of it if they oh, don't geez. already have fast nice it's it's in general yeah it's a pretty good hire for seven stones it does a lot to support and it can do do some decent damage plus huh. like all the other pigs it has reckless <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course it does okay that's that's all the models. And, uh, you know, we got through everything. And my timer says uh, we've almost spent four hours recording this. Awesome. Obviously, I'll pare it down to something reasonable. Let's do, hopefully. So um, before we call it quits, uh, why don't you just real quickly try to sell a faction to uh, someone who's new to Malifaux that might be interested in playing Bayou?
1: I'd say Bayou is a faction with a lot of depth. like. You'll know you're a Bayou player if you're just looking at the faction, and it'll sing to you. That's all I can really really say to it.
0: <laughs> uh, drinking songs, obviously.
1: Yeah, like, if you love that theme of just chaos and bacon and alcohol, this is the faction for you.
0: Yep, in a, uh, in a game that's very dark and serious and sad and uh, traumatizing, this is, this is your orcs faction. This is the faction that's having fun. Uh, and all this chaos and uh, sadness. So, um, yeah, this is what I can say. Also, like, uh, poorly play tested. so hey, you might get away with some cheese.
1: Yep. There's mutterings, we might be broken.
0: <laughs> I don't want to okay, not poorly tested. just less playtested than other. I'm Fuck, I might cut the cut, cut. I'm drunk, holy shit. <laughs> Damn, buddy. I am in fame, thank you brewmaster is uh is, is just just a great person and uh everyone loves him anyways okay yeah. so um, i'm gonna call that a night before we just keep getting into uh, other dumb shit so thank you nate very much for uh the first like two and a half hours of this recording and then two months later another like an hour and a half um anything you want to say last before we go
1: no just thank you doug i'm glad we finally uh finally got this done.
0: (laughs) Finally. It just took a while. And thank you, listener, for listening to this. I apologize for my slight inebriation, but I swear to God, it's just because I want to be in theme. Yeah. That's it. And and remember, remember, kids, folks, uh, senpais, kohais, (laughs) (laughs) fun. Fun is always king. I always have to end with that. So, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. songs used in this production are villainous treachery and five-card shuffle all music is created by kevin mcleod and is licensed under creative commons